were habitual homosexuals, then by all means, take a hike. I thought I like women! Women, 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 women! Get them out of here. Out. Hell, I like you. You can come over to my house and my sister. Wow. It is, other than jazz, it's the only other real American art form there is. There's a dirty little secret. You told Clint Parker to turn around and take off his pants. Yes. And did he? Yes. And I just gave him a couple swats. You gonna die doing this dumb ass yeah. f***ing fool? Open your mouth like I give you this milk. Open your f***ing mouth, man. I gotta do you like my two-year-old baby. The truth of the matter is, you were not a good baby. Well, you ain't seen nothing, my friend, until you have a flame coming out of your butthole, and you need an asbestos diaper to be able to keep that flame from burning a hole in your pants. You ain't seen nothing yet. And I don't know nothing about it, but I learned quick, fast, and hurt. What? You told me to leave while I'm in my order while you're making out with that slut. Being in the industry with how much you take on your face. Bam! All upside his head. Just slap them. They can make you slap somebody. So kiss my black I thought the bitch was white! Not okay. Make fun of my nose. They call me ugly. They say I have no friends. Yeah, I'm gonna talk to him like that and I'm gonna talk to you like that. So I'm going to ask you right now, put your hand out toward the Atlantic, wherever it is, and let's speak a word right now. Welcome to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9 and online for you at WRQK.com. Last day, we're sending you out to Las Vegas. We have two opportunities for you, once at 8, once again at 9. And uh, dude, pack show today, thank the dear Lord, because it being Friday, you know what I mean? But pack show. Mark Munch Bishop, Munch on Sports, 7 o'clock. We'll talk to him. 8 o'clock, Patrick Nelson, one of the organizers, Hall of Fame City Comic Con. That event, obviously, tomorrow. He'll be in here uh, you know, uh, telling us everything that's going on with that. And then 9 o'clock, Governor of Downtown. Buzz Ben Mike in studio uh, talking about what's going on with the like Canton Music Block and that whole thing. I would say the self-appointed governor, but like he is, like there's no debating it. <laughs> like he's like, yeah, no, he is. It, 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 he is one of those figures. Like, dude, if you're ever in Buzz Ben and you're just like standing next to him, everybody that walks through that door, they want to make sure they're like, oh my god, I gotta say hi to him. You know what I mean? And it's like, dude, I always say this about him. I don't know if he's smart. I don't know what it is, but he took a shot on downtown Canton before anybody else did. And it's like, dude, when you're first in, that's normally when you can get things done. Yeah, it wasn't even like getting on ground level. He laid the groundwork. You yeah. know what I mean? There's yeah. there's, there's a real difference there. Dude, balls. So, like, yeah. do people, dude, the thing about it, dude, here's why I like hanging out with that guy. This is what I found in life. There are two kinds of people. People who are talking about what they're going to do, and then people who just get up and go out there and get it done and do it. And Buzzbin Mike is a, nah, I'm just going to do it. Like, dude, he told me he was going to open that second location of, of, like, Cultured, and it was done in, like, two weeks and had it done. I mean, he just does it. Yeah, I mean, the Buzzman history is really something. I mean, I think he just wanted to start a publication about, like, independent music and, like, right. cool stuff like that. He was just a nerd from Canal Fulton. And, and now it has turned into, you know, a, 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 a one of the best bars in Canton, no question about it. Yeah, um, hands down. You know, one of the best restaurants in downtown Canton. Culture's awesome. I mean, there's, there's, there's just, you know, there's so much Happening Taco with, truck's pretty good out in the back of Buzzman. There's so much happening with the dude. Yeah, you do kind of have to tip your hat to him. Yeah, so uh, looking forward to talking to him 9 o'clock. Uh, you know, Dark Horse is playing tomorrow night. I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, Comic-Con. Now, I don't get into the comic book thing a whole lot, but they, you know, th- they work enough video game stuff in these things, so that'll be interesting. And do that cosplay contest, dude, I got to tell you, I mean, it's not necessarily my thing. But to see the time, effort, and money put into these costumes and have them come out so uh, so well done, it is impressive. 
And I think so much, too, and, you know, I, I would certainly invite everybody to come out to Comic-Con tomorrow at the Canton Civic Center. It's uh, it's the third annual one. It's awesome. Um, it, To me, like, yes, it's a Comic-Con. There's no question about that. And primarily the guests are comic book artists and stuff like that. But really, it's that celebration of nerd culture. Yeah. It's that celebration of all those things, of video games, of Star Wars, of, of, of pro wrestling, of, like, all those different things that once upon a time got you shoved into a locker and, like, look at that dork over there. Community. Right. There's now this huge group of people that come together once a year at the Civic Center to like celebrate that. What it's I find cool. it, what I find interesting about Comic Con is that those people are always the one labeled as like you know living in basements. You know what I mean? Right. And here's the thing. And yet they're the only ones you can drag out to go do anything is anymore. They're right. the ones at the movie theater. They're the ones making their own events where they got to drive downtown, go to the Civic Center. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, dude, thank God, playing Pokemon Go and yeah. spending money on it, dude, just throwing cash around at people. So like, yeah, expendable income. They're doing. And stuff so hats off to you two nerds yeah i'm pretty excited about dorks that. Uh, dude uh, munch is gonna be fi- he's already fired up texted me twice this morning <laughs> he tweeted about it already this morning munch is like fired up and i don't know what the hell about uh that game on sunday is going to be an interesting view i i do i think dude we're better than we were last year there's no denying it and that's this that's that's at least that's the all first, i expected what's well, the first step towards being a better team. Exactly the right. team this year has to be able to beat the team last year. And I just that's a that's all I really expected. But I I'm now I was wrong about last night. I thought Baltimore was going to roll Cincinnati. I was wrong about that. So maybe I'm wrong about Sunday. But I just think dude the Saints got beat and it was Ryan Fitzpatrick for four touchdowns and I just think Drew Brees is going to look to make a statement game. Saints are going to look to bounce back and I honestly dude I worry the Browns on Sunday get throttled. They're they're a 9 point dog on the road. 9 points is a lot, dude. In the that's NFL? A that's a lot. In the NFL? Dude, if you that's nuts. I also think it's worth noting the Saints have like hurricane powers or something, and there's a hurricane hitting the country right now. Drew Bees, that's gonna juice him up, dude. He's used to that. That's what gets him going. So like, full I, Katrina. Yeah, I think there's gonna be some sort of like the 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 barometric meters are gonna like you know just give him that extra boost that he needs. So it's it's a concern for everyone. All right, I feel like I should stop here and tell people, <laughs> dude, nothing we do has been like looked into, googled, examined, nothing. Uh, that that was a pretty wild theory. <laughs> it's possible though. Well, yes, yes. I think uh, I think probable is the one. <laughs> that's the bar, maybe that that one would not clear. There's actually a very interesting story about the Browns that maybe people don't totally know about yet. So we'll handle that, and that will be next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. All right, I like it. I like it a lot. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Mark Munch Bishop will join us at 7 o'clock, and I can't wait to talk to him uh, about something I just read this morning. Just got it this morning. I didn't know about this. Pretty interesting. We'll get to that here in just a second. Uh, Hall of Fame City Comic Con is tomorrow. Fantone and I both on site 4 to 6, hosting judging cosplay contest. Probably start the judging a little <laughs> a little early, but <laughs> but uh, we, we, we will be there. Organizer Patrick Nelson will, uh, will be with us 8 a.m. this morning. And then again... Governor of downtown, Buzzbin Mike, will be uh, here at 9 o'clock talking about Canton Music Walk. Can't wait for that. 7.30 also, by the way, Fantone. Uh, yeah. I know people who have listened to you and I for a long time, Yeah, who have uh, early adapters to the Sansbury Show. Thank you guys, by the way. They like when we can pile on on me. Okay. Um, I do too. And at 7.30, there's a major difference between you and I. 
Uh, and this is where my total vulnerable fat girl comes out. Oh, no, dude. Yeah. Are going to bully you? Everybody knows I got that inner bitch in there. <laughs> Pretty much an outer bitch, too. Like, I got one of those in there, right? Big old fat girl inside of me. And, uh, yeah, at 730, we're going to we'll lay down a difference between you and I, and everybody will have a good, hearty laugh. At me, Looking at my forward. expense. I feel like that's a Friday gift. You know what I mean? Like, I'm always in here, sugar's a drug! And you know what I even understand? I'm just, like, screaming. So I figured, all right, you know what? Let's end our okay. week. You know, I'm, I'm always up there talking about what's wrong with everybody else. I can fix it. All the, this stuff. So we'll have a good belly laugh at my expense. 7.30, we'll do that. Looking forward to that. But I just read this this morning, so I apologize. I don't have a ton of info. Other than the fact that I hear that uh, the Pro Football Hall of Fame had announced the modern era nominees for the class of 2019. Oh, nice. And among them is Clay Matthews, Eric Metcalf is on this list, and former Browns head coach Marty Schottenheimer is on the list for the Hall of Fame. Now, I don't know all 102 people, and that's kind of how this works. It's like, yeah, this receiver is going to get in, and this. So I don't know. So I don't know who gets in... Whatever. I would kind of want to talk about like whether or not I feel like these guys are Hall of Fame worthy versus whether or not they're going to be this year's people. Um, it's a given. I think every year since I've lived in Canton, there's been like one dude who makes it into the Hall of Fame that I don't know, and I'm like, dude, where are you? 1967? What? Like, I don't. I have no idea who mm-hmm. this dude is, and that guy deserves his spot. But when this list initially comes out, the finalists or like the hey, here's the nominees, and it's not necessarily there. Yeah. It's hard not to just go immediately to star power. You know what yes, I mean? Absolutely. Like yes. it's, it's well, that's the name I know. Therefore, yeah, of course he's the guy. Well, era you grew up watching, right? Because right. what you're gonna hear me say this a lot in this conversation feels like a hall of famer to me but i don't know i I was 11 (laughs) yeah era and area both those things matter oh for sure regionally where you are and then like where you are in that and how old you were those things are both going to make a huge difference in this conversation now see this is interesting also like narrative of the people you knew because I have no idea what Eric Metcalf's numbers are. Now, I could look on Google right now, but I chose not to f- to say this to you. I don't know if Eric Metcalf is a Hall of Famer. He's on the list, so it's somebody at least thinks there's at least reason to discuss it. But what I remember Eric Metcalf is... Metcalf off the middle. Of course. And it was the joke. It was like, it, it was literally his name was synonymous with us not being able to do it. So is that a Hall of Famer? I mean, people balked at Joe Thomas. Not a ton of them, but some people did balk at, like, really? We're going to put a guy from that? Like, and obviously, I think Joe Thomas is a Hall of Famer. But my thing is, dude, Joe Thomas's name was never synonymous with the Browns not being good. They just happened to not be good while he was playing with them. Metcalf was like the guy. We slung it around his neck. It was like, dude, you're like, now, a little bit was to knock the play calling, too. Can't lie there. But I don't. Are you a Hall of Famer if you're the thing that's like kind of? I don't know, and I don't mean to like make fun of Eric Metcalf. I really don't, because I don't remember. I was ten years old. I got no idea. Eric Metcalf's final year in the NFL ninety five two thousand and two dog two thousand and two. I'm looking is, at it right now. No, wait, he ended up playing with Baltimore, right? Like he's one of those guys. Like he went old school, right? Like didn't he play like La- a long time? Last team he played for was Green Bay, and that wow. was one game in two thousand and two. Wow. Wow. Prior wow. to prior to that, he played in two thousand and one. So no, I mean like the dude played from nineteen eighty nine to two thousand and two, dude. Jeez, what? 
Are you kidding me? Eric Metcalf in 02? That's when I graduated. Well, he's got a Hall of Fame heart. I'll say that. Okay. I mean, dude, you know what I mean? Okay. I have no idea what the numbers are. Jeez. But all I remember of Eric Metcalf, now I don't know if that, obviously it wasn't all his fault. You're talking offensive line then. Couldn't do their job. Play calling probably wasn't great. Not all him. I'm just saying these things I do, what Fantone was kind of talking about, where you are, when you grew up, and all that kind of stuff, it does ma- it, it matters like how you will vote. I don't know if he's a Hall of Famer or not, but it doesn't feel that way to me. Clay Matthews, I don't know. Again, I don't have the stats right here in front of me. Was a damn good football player. But the position and like all that stuff, I can see guys like that getting overlooked. Defensive players are always hard to make that call for me because it's just you don't have the same like scoring stats. You don't have yards to look at. You don't. Right. I mean, you, you, you have sacks, sacks. You have things. But there's. But it's just not the same as point production <laughs> where it's, it's tough for me to make those calls. A great year in sacks is like nine and a half. And, and you know, even harder for, li- for linemen. But still, there's that just like, I don't want to say skilled position. Yeah, but skilled positions, defensive players, and then linemen. It's all just like, eh, I don't know where these guys go. Now Marty Schottenheimer feels like a head, like feels like a Hall of Fame head coach to me, and I feel like this is one of these things where titles matters too much in these conversations. It's got to be a, a variable. It's got to be a factor. But we have turned title or you're a bum into like the official narrative of how these things are argued, and I think that that's unfair because I think if you, I don't even know. I'm sure Fantone's got it pulled up. Marty Schottenheimer. I'm just gonna guess. That he was, what, second or third coach pretty much his entire career in that mode? Dude, we were always pretty good when he was coaching here, though. San Diego Chargers teams, I I believe I remember being pretty good when he was coaching there. Um, I know there was some playoff stuff he wasn't great at, and he never won the Super Bowl. Yeah, but again, I just think titles were weighing him too heavy now. Yes, they have to be a part of the conversation for them for 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 performance in the biggest moment to not be a part of the conversation. Be crazy. It's crazy, of course crazy. not. But if we're talking like, oh, everyone kind of agrees Joe Thomas is going in, then I think Marty Schottenheimer has the uh, has the wins record necessarily to make it <laughs> in there. What a good argument, yeah. Um, but yes, you are one hundred percent right. With the Browns, it was first in the division, first in the division, first in the division, second in the division. With the Chiefs, second, second, first, 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 second, first, second, first. You know what I mean? Like, so he constantly, wherever he went, kind of whatever he was doing, even in Washington, he had times where he was first in the division. You do that from eighty four. Through 06, that's a pretty impressive run. And I think that I think sustainability is an underrated part of success oh, nowadays. Yeah, absolutely. And like being able to sure. do something for a long period of time. Like availability. Right. It's that's that's a huge part of what we look at is like, all right, you truly were elite at this. See, and, and if there's any fan base right now that should love a football like imagine if you had a Marty Schottenheimer. Like the last like 10 years. And you were still like a viable franchise. Like people think just because you don't go to like the second round of the playoffs or make the AFC championship game or Super Bowl, dude, do you know like if the Browns just even were good for the last decade, like eight and eight good, like you just, if viable means more hope and the games, Sunday's at least fun. You look at the Marty Schottenheimer coaches tree too. I oh mean, God, I bet it's enormous. Herm Edwards, Tony Dungy, Bill Cowher, you know, uh, Marvin Lewis, Mike Tomlin, just got just just uh, you know, pretty much a lot of Super Bowls on that uh, ring a, a, on that a, list. A lot of a lot of credibility within that tree right there. So you know how people kind of have like have their president. You know how like people from my generation, it's like Clinton's like kind of like their, their president. Guy. Okay, yeah, Marty Schottenheimer is always going to be like my Browns coach. Okay, it's always going to be like dude. Like when I think about the Browns, it's like that. There's like this moment I forget which game it was, but there's this moment and it was famous from the Plain Dealer, 
where like he's just kind of like wrapping his his you know arm around one of the guys. He's like slapping him on the helmet. His mouth all big. He's got those '80s like chiclet teeth just hanging out in that photo. Marty Schoenheimer. It's just I'll he'll always be my Browns coach like that. It's because I was a kid. He feels like a Hall of Fame coach to me. Yeah, definitely more so than the other two Browns on this right? list. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Who, more than Metcalf. Who's the obvious? I mean, if you, as you're looking at this list of 100-plus or whatever, is there like one where it's like, well, duh, of course that guy's getting in this year. Who, who are we going to be clapping for on Cleveland? Well, Spiner's on the list, too. I would put him in. Um, Chris Spielman. Okay. Yeah, especially well, dude, for especially for this area. Yeah, I was gonna say, good lord, that's gonna be a huge, huge, yeah. huge deal. Spielman gets in this. Absolutely. Year. So, and I look for him to get in. I, I would imagine that probably does happen. So, yeah, that's the that's the one I think probably sails. All right, as I'm giving you a gift at seven thirty, where I'm gonna like you know pull out my inner fat girl, and we're ever we're all gonna get to make fun of me. I'm always telling you how right I am. Right, I'm always right. I know everything. I'm right. I'm right. I'm right. I was wrong, it looks like anyway, about something very basic and something I should have seen coming and honestly something I know better than to stick my heels into the ground this hard on. I'm wrong. I'm an idiot. That's next on Rock 1069. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Mark Mudge Bishop, Munch on Sports. Catch him weekdays at 3, Fox Sports 1350. He's everywhere on the iHeartRadio app and every Friday with us. And uh, I can't wait to hear what he thinks about Eric Metcalf as a Hall of Famer. This is going to be the first question out of the gate for much. I'm very interested to get his take on that. Because, I, like I said, I just don't know. All I, I mean, I, I know I could look. But for me, it's like the name is synonymous with failure. Metcalf up the middle. Now, was that his fault? Was that, I, don't, I don't know. Now, he did play forever. Fans don't look it up. He played until about, you know, yesterday. Oh, two. Oh, two. That's nuts. What? what? That's nuts. All right. I, uh, I got to get off that because I want to make sure I got enough time for everybody to pile on me. All right. Here we go. Couple of times today, by the way. Good. Uh, <laughs> it's Friday for you too, yeah. right? That's a it's payday. It's Friday. We're gonna cramp on Stansbury. I love no it. No wonder you're in a good mood. Nobody likes it. payday more than Fantone. I love it. And I guess when you just bought a house, yeah, you need those paydays. Yeah, you, you need those paydays. All right. I occasionally will get a little guilty about getting too firm in my opinion and saying, "No, no, no I'm telling you, I know." And, like, getting a little too staunch is a word I like. And I had uh, I had had, I had gone that level on my opinion on the end of Motley Crue. And I felt as if I had very solid ground and basis to do so. Nikki Six is by far the most important member of Motley Crue as it, it was his band. He recruited everybody else, wrote 96% of everything produced at least partially most of everything it's his band it's always been his band and he was the one that kind of pulled the plug Nikki had the radio show he had two clothing lines he's got a couple of other businesses right. he was making Nikki didn't need the money and as he's getting older I was like yeah I could see it if he says it's done it's done I get why Tommy Lee might need it because without Nikki Six, Tommy Lee honestly is a bum like nothing ever, like dude, that, dude. Tommy Lee's probably in jail for the rest of his life had he not hooked up with Nikki Six. Mick Mars is the kind of guy out there, kind of doing his own things, getting ready to release his album. He just said the other day he's going to lose a ton of Crew fans because the album's way different than what they're expecting. He he looks like he's been ready to die for the past fifteen years. Dude, people don't and understand. He's just still going, dude. It's people amazing. don't understand. Mick was old when they put the band together. 
Like, he was 10 years older than the rest of that band when they put the band together. And he had that, I forget what it's called. They wrote it about it in the dirt. Like, some bone disease or something. Where- yeah. And it's just, the fact that he's still able to do anything, it just amazes me. It's him and Ozzy to me that it's like, dude, what are you guys, skeletons? Like, how is this still happening? So this is, so I was like, okay, so the guitar player is about to fall over and die. The singer and the drummer can't stand one another. They've needed separate buses since, like, honestly, since, like, the home sweet home days. Like, those, dude, Vince and Tommy hate one another. I mean, it's hate. I was like, they're done. They're going to put, the, they're, they're wrapping it up, putting a bow on it, and they're doing it perfectly. Then the movie we got announced, I was like, yeah, this is perfect. And I thought maybe one show you come back together, play the whiskey. Maybe, you know, you do one of those for premiere night of the movie. Oh, my God, they came out and they do like a Super Bowl medley of their hits. Not like a show, but they kind of give you a medley and like open the movie. It's like, yeah, they'll probably play the whiskey once. Right. Makes sense. But now, dude, we saw Tommy in the studio on his Instagram. Now, Vince Neil has confirmed it. Going in the studio, four songs, Bob Rock at the control board, which, by the way, Motley Crue never sounded better. Dr. Feelgood. I know not their best album, but Motley never sounded better than they did on Feelgood. And they're going to come back now. And I thought this was all about the movie, but you know it's going to happen now. They're going to drag this whole thing out there on the road. As a matter of fact, I just found my Motley shirt yesterday as I was cleaning my apartment from the last tour. And I was kind of bummed I bought it because I looked on the back of it and it says hashtag Motley Crue. And I was like, dude, in 20 years when we don't use these anymore and I still want this Motley Crue shirt, I don't know to... I'll be dead. I don't know what I'm talking about. But somebody's going to want it. It's like, dude, now, now, now I get this piece of like you know, pop culture with a hashtag thing on it. it was really stupid. But you know they're going to do this. They're going to do it. Well, I guess a little bit of me is, you know, like, how how were you fooled here? Where it's like, I get what you're saying with all the points you made about, like, well, this is his band and he doesn't necessarily need the money. But how many times have we talked about... There's not there's no too much money. Nobody's like, damn, dude, you know what? This is just too much. I got too much cash here. And then you got to think, like, you take a break now, and especially you took a break from the radio show and kind of step out of the public eye for a while. Well, he, no, it should be noted, did not want to do the radio show. A guy named Brad Harden had to fly to California and, like, sit him down and, like, drag him into doing it. So all those things being said, and they, they were doing a, a Vegas residency or still doing, or... I, there were talk, I don't know where, where the confirmation process is in that. I had heard that that was getting pretty close. Now, now, all those things are just a reemergence of interest in the band and like, oh, yeah, dude, yeah, dude. And let's be real. Nostalgia acts bigger now than they've ever been in their entire lives before. So it's like, dude, we got we got we, we're right. We're watching all these other bands. all oh, Guns N' Roses out there doing it. This this huge tour. What the hell are we doing? Why are not we taking this money? Well, not even legacy acts. I think it's more than that. I don't think you can downplay the fact that if you're Nikki Six, you're looking out there and Seether's got a festival. Seether? Like, I love Seether. But that band's got a festival? Like, come on. Like, they're a damn good band. But, dude, the crew, whether you like them or not, you can't argue. They're legends. They're icons. They're they're definitely the best thing. People are going to say Guns N' Roses. I don't really lump Guns N' Roses in with that whole hair stripping. I know you kind of should. But they were, for me, everybody gives Nirvana the credit for killing off hair metal. No, it wasn't. It was Axel goddamn Rose. Because at least Guns N' Roses came out and they were credible. But Motley was the only other, like, real credible. Make no mistake, Nikki Six really has it. Dude, that guy's written hits for a ton of other bands. Nikki has it. 
at the beginning of the hair metal scene, I think you can put Van Halen, correct? Kind of. Kind like, of is like that at the beginning of that? Starting Pistol. As the end of that is Guns N' Roses. Yes. But the beef of it, like the middle Grimm. of it, the like the sandwich. And now you can say, well, who's one, two, three in there? But that's one, two, three. Somewhere in the in those three bands, that's the best sound that came Dude, out of that, that scene. Put that tour on the road and watch what happens. Pretty all right. I think they'll sell some tickets. Van Halen, Guns N' Roses, Motley Crue. They put that tickets. on the road. You could just rotate headliners too. I mean, like you honestly could. That'd For be sure fantastic. You could. That really would. For sure you could. I think if you're Nikki Six, this is probably what does it. You're out here looking around, and none of these bands can sell five thousand tickets, and you could play back to back nights in some of these venues because you really got it. You got a twenty five year history catalog. Music's good. The only problem with live Motley Crue, and this was the problem with live Motley Crue in nineteen eighty five. You know who doesn't have it in that band is Vince Neil. Vince Neil's never had it. He was never a good live singer. I mean, they're pretty open about it in the book and every. I mean, dude, like he cannot sing live, and now he is, dude. He's, dude. Have you seen Vince? Jesus Christ! Well, Should be the, rolled around in powder and be sold at Dunkin' Donuts. Vince is the thing I'll say about it is, is that like. He, you're right. He wasn't a good singer in the 80s. He Never. wasn't a good... So so I don't know Never if that was. matters. You're, all you're doing is going up in there playing the hits. Maybe these two or three songs that they record or whatever. Dude, if you can't get it together for Shout at the Devil in 2018, bro, come on. Like, backing tracks aren't even, like, taboo anymore. Like, just get up there, you know, shimmy around, and you're like, and move on with your life, dude, and make money. So as Munch is getting ready to join us at 7 right. o'clock, one of the reasons that... This is one of the reasons right here why I love Munch. We used to work together back in the day, and it was after a, like a long ass day, and I wasn't sure I was going to get to go. And he tapped me on the shoulder and he said, "Bro, Red White and Crew tour across the street at the Q is tonight. This is obviously what we've been down here all day for. We've been pre gaming everything. It's like I got fourth row seats, and me and you are sitting center. So, dude, I sat there, dude, and got a little hammer drunk with Mark Munch Bishop at the Red White and Crew tour. Let me tell you, that was a good time." Only outweighed by the time he took me to see Judas Priest in Ohio State, Michigan. <laughs> God, I love that guy, dude. I can't wait to get him on the radio. Let's do that. Mark Munch Bishop, Munch on Sports. Get his take on the Browns eligible for the Hall of Fame. That's next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. Canton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. It's one of my favorite parts of the week. Friday, obviously. It's also payday. But more important than both those things, it's my good buddy, Mark Munch Bishop. Munch on Sports is on the phone with us. Catch him weekdays at 3, Fox Sports 1350. He's everywhere in the free Our Radio application there. And he's right here with us. And Munch, I, I got to get right into this with you. And, and I know Rock and roll, baby. Rock and roll, Stansbury. Let's go, baby. Let's go. I know everybody wants to talk Brown Saints, and I do too. But before we get there, I just saw this this morning. And Fantone and I were talking about how, like, where you're raised and the era in which you're raised, it kind of, like, skews your view on, uh, on certain subjects. And so now there are a couple of former Browns who are nominees for the Hall of Fame class of 2019. Eric Metcalf is on that list. Now, I have told the audience, I don't really know if he's a Hall of Famer. I don't. I didn't look into this. I don't know. But for me, Munch, what, I, what Eric Metcalf is synonymous with is Metcalf up the middle, basically the Cleveland joke of, man, they just can't get it done. Now, I don't know if that was play calling, offensive line, if it was Metcalf's fault, I don't know. But is you, because you're an expert on this stuff, so I need to know, is Eric Metcalf a Hall of Famer? No, and it breaks my heart because he's such a good dude. And you know what? Very few. 
return punts off like he did. Heck, right. he had two punt returns against the Steelers for touchdowns. And let me hit you with this, Danny. And, Fantone, you're going to love this, too. I have a new hangout called the American Legion because it's a buck fifty for a bud and a buck for a shot of Jack, okay? Wow. But we were talking the other day, actually Wednesday evening, over a nice cigar and a, an adult beverage. It's like nine-tenths of a mile from my house about Metcalf up the middle. Because somebody was telling me what a great coach Bill Belichick was taking us to the playoffs to beat New England. Bill Belichick was an awful coach when he was with Cleveland. Let me repeat, a horrible coach and uh, not much nicer of a human being. He raised a lot of money for Providence House, but that was his play. And after a while, we used to say, wait a minute, he's just doing that to mess with us and mess with the fans and mess with the team. Eric Metcalf was, and guys, you don't hear this term too much anymore. Do you know what I'm saying? He was like a scat back, yeah. you know, a little un- yeah. undersized tailback. Sure. And he should not have been running up the middle with the speed he had. So, yeah, that was Metcalf up the middle. Was he a great football player? He certainly was. But, uh, my golly, I don't see him as a Hall of Famer, Dan. That's no slam whatsoever. He's done things that most will never do in the NFL. All right, so now let's get to the obvious choice. And I think this one sails. And I think he does have the stats, but I think sometimes titles matter too much. Marty, Uh-oh, go ahead. But Marty Schottenheimer's on this list. Shotty's a Hall of Famer, right? You know there's silence there? I mean, did he win wow. a Super Bowl? Yeah, but see, this is what I'm talking about, Munch. I think the titles matter too much. It's got to be a factor for sure. And that would be yes. a, it would be a knock on Shotty's list. But when you look at where his teams finished, I mean, my God, Munch, the Browns were pretty good. The San Diego Chargers were pretty good when they had him. I believe the Kansas City teams weren't the worst when they kind of had him. I mean, dude, everywhere he goes, it's just kind of he stabilizes franchise. He stabilizes your your franchise. And I think if you can do that in multiple locations, you're, you're a pretty solid football coach, right? Yeah, you know, he was a solid coach to a point. You know what? He was going out with the homecoming queen every year. And guess what? At the end of the night, he got a kiss on the cheek. Uh-huh. He said, you know what? This dude is just a dude. You know what I mean? Now, how do you go 15-1 and one and not get to the Super Bowl? Uh, your kicker misses a kick. I understand he wasn't kicking, but should that part of your game be buttoned up? And something else, guys, this is when, when all the turmoil was happening since 99 with the Browns. People kept saying, bring Marty back, bring Marty back. No, no, no. Marty played prevent defense on the drive against John Elway, all right? He was the perpetrator of that. You know what, Dan? I'll give you this, though. I would flip a coin on him. Okay. He will make the Hall of Fame. Me, personally, I'm not overwhelmed, but uh, the body of work is pretty dang good. And, yes, sadly, Eli Manning, think about this. He's going to be a lot for the Hall of Fame, won two Super Bowls. Check yeah. his other years out. A lot of them are pedestrian at best. Exactly right. That's why I'm saying title's way too heavy. So I got one more Brown I'm curious about. Oh, dude. Man, there better be one getting in, and if you don't say him, I'll tell you who it is. I, I I got one more Brown I'm curious about because again, he's synonymous with it not going well. Is Ernest Biner a Hall of Famer? No, he's not. Okay. No, he's not. Okay, all right. I'm just curious. Good, damn good guy. And you know what though? I'm shocked because you know who a Hall of Famer is. Who? There's no doubt in my main mind. And again, there's times I see Hall of Famers getting going, huh? But if there's some huhs that have been getting in lately. Then there's no doubt in my mind, 100%, Clay Matthews is a Hall of Famer. Okay, all right. 
I, I said earlier this morning, again, I was a kid, so I love Clay Matthews. I love those Browns teams, but I'm not. it's not as exactly as if I'm knowledgeable on what was happening then because I was 10 and 11 years old. It was just passion for me at that point. Well, I was only 14, 15 then, you know. But again, I was I a little it. more observant, you know. Hey, Munch, I, uh, I, dude, I appreciate the history lesson we just got because, honestly, there is nowhere better to get that Browns history Amen. lesson than Mark Munch Bishop. But I want to turn my sights to the future right now. Uh, and that's, that's this coming Sunday. Uh, the New Orleans Saints uh, taking on the Cleveland Browns. And, dude, the biggest thing I took away from last week's tie, which was a very frustrating place to be as a Browns fan, but a tie nonetheless. As an NFL fan. As, as a fan of sports as and a, competition, yes. It's yeah. pro sports. Right. Find me a victory. Uh, the thing that really stood out to me is that 95 is the truth. Truth, dude. Miles Garrett is just a oh, stud. I the year. No, I was like, no, oh, wake up. No, no. Miles Garrett is a stud. No question about it. Played every defensive snap. Um, how do the Browns maximize his usage out there on the field? And what should his dominance mean for the rest of that defense? Okay, well, number one, he does need some help. And Ogba goes down again. Is he the new tin man? Is that now it's not as bad as they're saying? You got to have some help to balance it off because all of a sudden. You know, a tackle's going to handle him. Perhaps a tight end, perhaps a back chipping him. But, yeah, you know what, he's so good. Here's the thing again, and Greg Williams, do not be the smartest man in the room, please. Guys, I went to the freaking conniptions. I started shaking. I do the same fight of stance when I saw Miles Garrett. Then I don't want to get to a football term here. Drop back in a zone blitz. So what do I mean by that? Picture this, guys. I'm a defensive lineman. There's somebody behind me. As soon as the ball snapped, I backpedal and get into his position, and that guy rushes. No, no, no. Do not do that to Miles. Something else. Miles Garrett did play every snap. He should not. He should get a blow on some occasions. Yeah, so he can go full tilt. And I want to give him this little lesson, guys. We all know the name, the great Bruce Smith, the former Buffalo Bills defensive end. Yes. I I had a one-on-one with him just a few years ago, and I asked him some of the secrets and I see Garrett do this. I don't want him getting caught in the trap. But Garrett's on the right side. If there's a run to the opposite side of the field, I like it when he slides down the line of scrimmage. But if the guy's 20, 30 yards up field already, he was A, there's no way he's going to catch him. B, that means the next play, he cannot attack the passer as well as he needs to. Bruce Smith used to tell me, yeah, I would jog and trail a play in case there's a fumble or in case i got to turn around and block somebody. But, nah, man, you know what? If I'm going full tilt, it's not going to work. And Bruce said one of the classic lines ever, guys. He goes, why they time linemen in the 40-yard dash is beyond me. Because if they're timing us to the 40, then we got big trouble if right. we're trying to run people down from behind. Absolutely. We're talking to Mark Munch, Bishop Munch on Sports. Catch him weekdays at 3, Fox Sports 1350. Now, Sunday, the Browns are nine-point dogs on the road. Right now, New, yes. or- New Orleans lost in dramatic fashion the other night. I think it was 48-40. Ryan Fitzpatrick goes for four touchdowns against them. Uh, a lot of people have the Saints in the Super Bowl this year. I think that's a little lofty, but they are a damn good football team, and I think they're going to look to make a statement game. And I think people are high on the Browns right now because they came out after hard knocks, and it's the Pittsburgh game, and they laid it all on the line, and it was hard, and it was like we were right there, and <laughs> if it wasn't for this call, we would have won. But I think people got to slow down because I don't think Pittsburgh's going to play that poorly again for a while. Also, it looks like our division's much better than people thought it was. Baltimore's looking pretty good. I know they got beat last night, but Cincinnati's now 2-0. and And I think, honestly, Browns fans are a little high on their squad thinking we almost beat Pittsburgh. I think you're going to roll into the dome and I think they get throttled. I think it's ugly on Sunday. 
Brother, it'll be at least 34-20, 37-20. Had a chance to talk to some folks in New Orleans yesterday. They said, number one, and I follow this young man since junior high. Come on, I'm a sports geek, you know what I mean? He's got a junior high game today. I'll go watch him play, and I'm talking to Marshawn Lattimore. He has not had that bad of a game in his life. Now, I'll say this about Mike Evans, who he went up against. Mike Evans made us think that Johnny Donkey could throw the football <laughs> because he hauled in all his passes in college. All Johnny did was throw it up in the air. Something else, too, when the Saints had to come back. Think about this, guys. Not only were they down and buried, but their last two touchdowns, they got the two-point conversions on them, too. And they knew they had to go for the two-point conversions. You know, we talk about Fitzpatrick, but what did Fitzpatrick do? He went vertical. He was a bit of a mad bomber. Oh, that's not in Tyrod Taylor, Taylor's uh, repertoire. We will see what happens, but yeah, I say, you know, entertainment purposes only, the points will be a safe, safe bet this Sunday. Ah, uh, well, do you know me? I'm a gambling addict. I got a bet. <laughs> but, uh, hey, for entertainment, and by the way, check the Buckeyes and the points too, entertainment purposes only. Much, we don't do entertainment here, buddy. Nobody's, trying, nobody's trying to entertain anybody. I need the whole, whole cold hard facts. I'm a gambling now, addict. Hold on, Stansberry. You know, I'm going to be in a building here in about two hours. I need to know two things. Okay. Hey, do you have coffee? Yes, absolutely. Really good coffee. But, uh, but and B, for entertainment purposes only, I'll bring my high school sheet for you, too, nice. okay? Nice. Yeah, nice, nice. <laughs> yeah, dude, much, honestly, much. if you can get here before the show's done, I, I, I would love to have you on again at the end of the show. Then I'll get in quicker because I'm meeting uh, uh, one of the astute docs from uh, Akron Children's Hospital. Oh, it's nice. so important to us. For it's sure. so important to the community. But you know what, man? I'm tightening up some things here. What are you thinking? Our drive from our campus in Cleveland? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you got an hour in front of you. Yeah. Okay, then I'll tell you what. I'm going to hit the door here in about 10. I'll come early and see you, Cat. Love it, baby. Love it. I love it. Love it. More Mark Munch Bishop on the Sandsbury Show. That's a bonus. <laughs> That's a bonus. I like it. Thanks, Munch. All right. Bro- so, Fantone and I have some differences, right? And everybody loves when we can pile on me. Because I'm always piling on all, all of you. And I always say, and I know people don't like this kind of terminology anymore because it sounds so harsh, but there's an inner bitch in me, dude. There is. I'm a big old fat girl inside, and I got one of these things that if you do this, you're a genius, like one of those, and I almost fell for it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I want to fall for it so bad. I want to feel like I'm a good person. All right. And you're going to get to pile on Stansberry. That's next on Rock 106.9. Good morning. The Stansberry Show. Or the god of your choosing. Best morning ever. It's nine. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Hall of Fame City Comic Con tomorrow. Fantone and I on site 4 to 6. Organizer Patrick Nelson on the air with us at 8. I'm sure we'll pass out a pair of tickets after we talk to him. We also have TSO tickets. Fantone always reminds me. He's like, dude, I know you're not a fan, but you should probably tell people we have those. Damn it. Yeah, we do have those. And dude, people are excited for it. That's one of those things that like... I'm in the minority. I know it. Usually people are like, hey, can, like, dude, you have tickets maybe? Or like, can I go, you know, but like people are like hitting me up. Like, yo, do you have the hookup on this? And I'm like, yeah, go to Ticketmaster.com. I don't know what you want me to do. <laughs> That's the hookup we got. Yeah, no, we, uh, I get it. Like, I don't get it, but like, I do understand that other people seem to get it. All right. Um, but I can't make fun of you. No. Because we're going to make fun of me right now. Here it is. I'm waiting for this. I um, I got a fat girl in me. You know what I mean? Uh, I do. I just, uh, you know what I mean? Y- your boy wears his emotions on, on the sleeve. A little fat girl in him, a little bit of him and fat girls. It's, you know, it's, it's a self-serving cycle. It is. It's been known to happen. 
And we here at the uh, at the Sayersbury Show kind of are like, all right, let's let's dial it down with like these internet things. Like, you know, if your room's messy, you might be smart. And it's like, guys, come on. If you were smart, your life would be better. I mean, that's that's really that's really the, the level you got to look at. I think often what we're against is that self pat on the back, and there's no more glaringly fake one than the well. If you're left handed, if you're left handed, you're a genius. Like, I skipped dude, that one that, yesterday. Is that by the way, really, what you think? Yeah, he sent me one of those left handed things, and yesterday he thought he was going to sucker me into it, and he didn't. But he did get me with this one. All right, because Pantone found this. All right. And we are very, very different here, he and I. There are similarities with us, but we are very different here. Oh, my God. What am I doing? <laughs> but apparently, people who cry during movies, oh. shows and performances, are actually the strongest people there are. <laughs> Look at me. I'm strong. Strongest. I'm a good person. Strongest. E- okay. Even though 30 second commercials about <laughs> bottled water reduce me to, you know, blubbering drivel. Apparently that makes me strong. They say this, and I hate this new word right now, that you're an empath. It's not a new word, but okay. it's starting to come back in circulation right now. As a matter of fact, I had a woman ask me about a week ago. She's like, have you ever heard the word empath? And I said, yeah. I was like, it's a word hipsters use to say that they're nice. Yeah, like you're in tune with you know other people's feelings and stuff. I actually saw somebody well, make... Well, actually, I have, the, I have the definition here. Sorry, dictionary from dictionary.com. A person with the paranormal ability to apprehend the mental or emotional state of another individual. I'll be honest with you. I cry at movies all the time. I don't have that. I don't know what that is. Well, and like I, the paranormal ability to do that. Right, that's what I'm saying. Can I don't you, have that. Can you read people? Can you see that they're upset? Can you feel bad for them? Hey, yes. she's crying. I bet it was this. Empathy is a thing that we all should have at some point. But Only I, psychos don't. I, I actually saw something where somebody said that, you know, as an empath, like um, the the hurricane's going to mess with your aura in the next couple of days and you're going to feel this like pressure. Does it retrograde it? Are we I, spinning I backwards now? I don't know what, but yeah, it's something like that. All right. So like I, but I am, I'm an easy cry at movies. They say many people such as sociopaths and, uh, and, and narcissists are born without empathy. Now, here's the thing about that, because people will call me a narcissist because I do kind of like myself a little bit. Now, I think there's a there's a line between egomaniac, which full hand up, full <laughs> hand, full up, dude, totally. But I think there's a difference between egomaniac and narcissist. That's yeah. why there's two words. Yeah, I mean, and it's probably somewhere along the line is, are you willing to victimize others? Are you willing to be malicious no. with that ego? And no. that's kind of probably where that where that line is. No, I'll yell at you, but I'm not going to, you know, I won't push you down or punch you or anything. You know what I mean? I'll, I'll yell at you until you get your life together and really who I'm yelling at is me everybody knows it but dude I'm the easiest cry of all time I'm talking dude 30 minute like crappy sitcoms dude like Tim Allen last man saying dude you can get me <laughs> dude the, the Friday night oh you know I never looked at it that way lesson that one dude, you can get me so easy with that I um I don't know what it is you're I, heartless is what it is I feel like I'm an empathetic person when it comes to like other people, I, I very much try to put myself in other shoes and see things from their perspective and understand, like, okay, this is why you feel that way. But, uh, dude, I don't, I can't think of anything as an adult I've cried at, like any movie or any TV show or anything like that. Dude, I got a list of like 30. <laughs> dude, what are you talking about? Dude, what are you talking about? Especially if you bring animals into it. Okay. I'm a sucker. Oh, I'll tell you what makes me cry. I'll tell you what real life thing, not movies. I'll tell you, let's start real life here. What makes me cry all the time. And sometimes when I feel like I just need a good like cry and let it out, I'll go home and force this. I'll watch these on purpose and force myself. 
but kid in school, military dad comes home, you yeah. don't know they're coming, you meet at center court in the gym, and the, the, the town goes crazy, every last time you'll get me. Now, I'll acknowledge that's a very heartwarming moment. I, that that will probably bring a little bit of happiness to me, but it's not going to put me in tears. It's not going to like it's not going to draw a tear to my eye that it's so like, oh my oh. gosh. So, either way there, I'm talking either like the happiness of like, oh my gosh, this magical moment, look at these people, or the sadness of like, well, your dad's never coming home now. Oh, just, dude, just, what are you doing to me just, right now? It just doesn't I don't know. I just can't I, I just can't cry. To I'm me, the easiest cry ever. Especially when it's fiction. It just feels to me like I, you're being duped. I don't know. I, I like, and it's not that I I have a problem with fiction. Like I'll laugh at it. I'll, you like wrestling for I'll get sake. angry at it. I'll 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 let it have some All of my other emotions, emotions. But I it just it can't it can't muster up tears for me. Now is that you being raised in America and men men real don't do man, that? Real man, why, dude? Why would that be the one thing I'm a real man <laughs> at, dude? That's that's the one thing where I'm like, oh yeah, man, look at this penis I got on me. Come on, don't bro. you dare show me. Come on, I, uh, bro. don't you dare show me. I'll tell you another thing, another real life thing that made me cry. And it happened here, and it was at the Civic Center. It was not Comic Con. It was <laughs> <laughs> no. And, uh, but we went to the. Remember, we went to that memorial service for the king. Yeah. And, and that- dude, I talked about it when they showed that home video of him bringing that dog home to meet the, his daughter for the first time. Dude, she just. Oh my god, that video made me cry. Well, and that's empathy for humans. That's empathy for people. I think. Where, right. I think for me, where it's like, eh, is when you start the cry- fiction. Is when you start crying at, at cereal commercials. Okay, well, because- all right here, look at look at you, heartless <laughs> bastard. Let's talk about some stuff. Dude, Marley and me, when they got to put Marley down. Okay. Dude, from world's worst pup to where you honestly, where you almost want to kill the dog in the first 20 minutes of the movie. And then at the end, you're like, no, save the dog. To me, to me, that's very much like, I don't know. There's real dogs dying out there and I don't cry over that. So why am I going to cry about this fake ass Because dog? nobody filmed it and showed it on <laughs> Netflix is why. Dude, I am legend. Again, Marley. Like, dude, he's got that dog. It's just him. It's his only friend. And it gets bit by the, I don't know what they are, undead or zombie, whatever. The hell is chasing Will Smith and I am legend. And he's just sitting down there and they don't even show it to you. They just show you Will leaning up against the wall and you could just kind of almost hear the, (laughs) oh my God, dude, that doesn't make you cry. Here's the real bad one because it's such a cheesy movie. It's awful. It's all, dude, it was horribly directed. It was horribly acted. It was horribly written. But it gets me every time. Oh, my God. I should have told you this before so you could have the song to go <laughs> along with it. But, dude, Armageddon will get me sometimes. You know what I mean? There you go. You got Aerosmith playing. I don't want to miss a thing. Their only number one hit, by the way. And, like, you got and so that's in the background. And then, oh, my God, you think it's going to be Affleck? But no, last minute. Oh, my God. He wants to save his daughters. You know what I mean? That whole thing gets me every time. Yeah, I'm sorry, but like Bruce Willis being there is going to throw me off. Where I'm like, why am I crying about this right now? What what am I what am I tearing up about this for? Liv Tyler touching that screen? No, dude, I'm not crying during that. Billy Bob Thornton's there, dude. What what are we talking about? All right, you want me to make the Armageddon story worse? (laughs) Sure. Want me to make it worse? It's your story, so here you go. This is true story. Your story, your show, bro. True story. The first time I ever saw Armageddon. Right. I was in California for my brother's wedding. And we were there for like a week and a half. Like the whole family went out. And we just kind of spent the whole week out there. You know what I mean? So there I am in Southern California. And we had hours to kill. So the first time I saw Armageddon, 
Oh my god, this is so stupid. I don't know what I'm doing right now. <laughs> the first time I saw Armageddon, I was missing this girl, Emily, who was back here. And I was out there. And I was at the movies with my mom. <laughs> <laughs> Just sitting next to my mom. It was California. They were the first place to have the recliner chairs. <laughs> So there me and my mom are, just two 55-year-old women, <laughs> fat, shoving popcorn and M&Ms into our mouth, salty and sweet, everybody likes it. Just tears running down my face in the theater, and, and right now, if I'm, be- <laughs> if I'm being honest, all right, that's enough. I can't do this anymore. I feel terrible about who I am as a person. TSO tickets. I guess just to make this hour worse on me. That's next <laughs> on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. I have got to get in on this. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. 8 o'clock, we'll send you out to Las Vegas. Last day for that, by the way. So you got 8, 9 o'clock with us, and then Teresa takes over. 11 a.m., she'll have uh, your third opportunity of the day. But today's it. We're sending you out to Vegas for the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Festival. Trip out of town for a couple of days, back-to-back killer night shows. Yeah, do you want to do that? So make sure you're around today. We'll give you the keyword. We'll send you out to Vegas. Here's something else we can send you to, WRQK.com, as uh, we have put together the Rock 106.9 Bowling League. Nice. Fishhead going to uh, handle this for us starting Tuesday, October the 2nd, AMF Hall of Fame Lanes for the Lights Out Bowling. Fishhead's going to be there every single week uh, getting you hooked up with some cool stuff. $10 fee, but for eight weeks. Not bad. So hit WRQK.com up. Figure out how you get signed over that. Big old Budweiser logo in the center of that. You know Fish loves that. Oh, yeah, dude. Nobody loves a good Bud Heavy like the Fish, man. That guy appreciates his beer. He does. Fish had a good dude. I'm willing to bet a pretty good bowler, right? Yeah, he looks like it. I mean, I don't know it, just but... Just strong. Like, it just, <laughs> right, just kind of feels like that. A little Tiger Town pride out on that lane. Yeah. I could see it. I could see him being a really good bowler. So the Rock 106.9 Bowling League with Fish at Tuesday, October 2nd, AMF, Hall of Fame Lanes. Find out more info at WRQK.com, although I pretty much just told you everything. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, So Rob wants to say, he's like, dude, you're always on TSO about how they're not good. Right. It's like, yet you point to sellouts, meaning not like, hey, you sold out, but like a band that's selling out as like a mark of being good. He goes, so TSO sells out the queue like four times over every time they come into town to play this thing. They must be pretty good. Okay, well, this, I take your point, Rob. Um, but this could be argued the other way, too. So were the Spice Girls good? They sold out Wembley. Is popular good? To me, yeah. It's at least a part of the equation. Much like we were talking titles. about we were talking about with titles, where it's like... Right, I like where this argument's going. You can't discredit titles. You can't discredit you record cannot. sales. You can't be like, oh, you sold a bajillion tickets, and boy, but you still suck. But they're not the only thing that matters. I mean, it's a big, big part of the equation. I think it's more an impressive show than it is they're a great band. Now, what people are going to do is turn around and say to me, KISS, right? Again, dude, if I started laying down, if I started saying to you great KISS songs, it would take me a while to get through them all. I know they get knocked, but they're at the end of the day, dude, the music's better than people want to admit it that it is. So I don't know if TSO is a great band or if it's just, you know what it is? It's family entertainment, and that always does well. The thing you can take your kids to, and dad doesn't have to hate it because you get a little ace freely with it, of course it's going to move units. I don't know if it means it's good, though. I think it's pretty damn good. Um, I think there's something... No, so let, let the good, all right, so let me ask you this. Yeah. So with TSO, yeah. obviously, do we have the ability to you know procure tickets to things? Right. 
So over the holiday, are we going to see you, the woman, and your mom and dad at the queue for TSO? Is that something you would go to? Because, dude, mm-hmm. here's the thing about Fantone. He wants to go to do everything. He'll go and do nothing. Like you got to drag him. This is one of those things that certainly if 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 my girlfriend was like, yo, we're doing this, I would go like happily. It wouldn't be like, ah, oh, son of a bitch. Like I get dragged to everything else. There's no question about it. Yeah, I'd okay. be like, dude, go be, go be a part of that live performance. See, of course I'm you want to do it. Because I'm guessing. I don't know. We haven't had the conversation yet. But I'm guessing she would love this. Oh, 100%. Just 100%. knowing who she is. And, and so, dude, I'm telling you, this would be one of those moments where we'd be getting dressed in my house. And I'd be like, God damn it. Like through my teeth. Like I can't believe I gotta go all the way out there, paint a park, and go see this stupid thing. I think that I think that TSO has done a good job of being and, around for thirty years. Well, and once again, sustainability is definitely a part of success, right there. Can't knock it. Um, even though I'm doing it, I, I think that one of the things that TSO does great, better than anybody, and probably is an underserved part of of Christmas here, where it's like literally everything else about Christmas. We have milked, we have we have drawn all the blood out of that stone that we can. We've it's sold you. Holiday. We've sold you everything we can we've it's, given you everything we it's can. no longer christmas it's now xmas but 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 tso takes christmas what we all think of it and makes it dangerous puts it in a leather jacket puts an electric guitar in its hand puts a, a you know a cigarette behind its ear yeah, but that's what i think maybe my problem with it i don't what, what the hell what the hell kind of dude, dude if you said to me hey we're gonna put this show together and that was the description you gave i would throw you out of the office but but we all love that we all have a leather jacket now do we all you know do we all look as cool uh, but when we put it on we feel little, cool all right we so, feel cool big bang theory hey make them feel like they're smart make them feel like they're just that they're still cool. I just think that I All just right. think that the counterculture on pretty much anything exists, kind of except for Christmas, where it's like, yeah, dude, yeah, I wear black, but I still listen to Christmas music, and it's like, here, this is this is exactly what this is for. And dude, they do pretty pretty damn well, dude. Look, they make a ton of money. It bilks. You know what? Another reason is I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think it's great, and they made me go, and I had to watch, and I was like, eh. It's not as bad as I want to make it out to be. I'll tell you the reason why I really hate it. I'll be honest with you. It's because I worked for a programmer named Bill Lewis. And I don't want to knock Bill, but he and I didn't get along. We just didn't. We just didn't see eye to eye. He didn't want me at NCX, and I didn't want to be there. And it was obvious out of both of us, I mean, immediately. Neither one of us wanted the other one. Strange bedfellows. And Bill Lewis... To his credit, because we are, I mean, let's be honest, TSO is a machine. Dude, he is a major driving force behind that. He kind of like saw them kind of try to put that thing together. He was like, no, 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 dude, you guys, you're not thinking big enough. You got to like package this and take it on the road. They'll love it. Like he kind of was, dude, if you walk through the NCAA, dude, everywhere in that hallway, there are TSO gold and platinum plaques. Pretty successful. <laughs> like everywhere you go, they got gold platinum plaques everywhere. Dude, I used to fascinate about smashing all those in his face. It's pretty Again, good. I don't want to knock him. I hear there's, I hear there's some some things going on with Bill. We don't get along, so I'm not going to pretend to be his best friend. But I, I don't want to. I also don't want to kick anybody when they're you know down or whatever either. He was a good enough dude. We just didn't. We just didn't get along professionally. And so it's been one of those things with them where I'm just kind of like, yeah, it's like, dude, you know, your arch nemesis kind of loves them. And it's like, nah, dude, I can't have it. I'm going to bet you a dollar. People, they got their phones out right now, just ready to dial in. Stansbury, shut up and give me the tickets. Yeah, you know what? I'm not going to. How about that? How about no? No, Stansbury, you don't get it. They're so good. They're so good. They're so good. Fine. I'm keeping the tickets and I'll go. How about that? No, I'm not. I'm not.
I'm not. Well, I definitely wouldn't tell you and then do it. <laughs> no, I was going to say. <laughs> get us in trouble right do that. All right, let's send uh, caller 17 to CTSO. I think it's December 30th, 8 Correct. o'clock Q. Right? We'll send you. 17, I think I said. 1-800-243-7625 on those. Ha- uh, Hall of Fame Comic-Con organizer Patrick Nelson joins the Sansbury Show in the 8 o'clock hour. That's next on Rock 106.9. The Sansbury Show. That guy knows how to party. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We're also about to send you out to Las Vegas for the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Festival. We'll do that tomorrow. Canton Civic Center, third annual Hall of Fame City Comic Con. Happy to be a part of it. I've been part of it all three years. Very excited to do so. Fantone and I both on site tomorrow, 4 to 6, hosting, judging your cosplay contest. I've been telling you. I uh, feel like my judgment might start a little earlier than 4 p.m. And I've, uh, I've asked, requested, damn near demanded. I would like to see some Overwatch characters in the cosplay contest. If I could be so picky as to choose, Mercy would be kind of cool. A May would be all right. Somebody's going to come as D.Va. There will be a Tracer. Oh, God forbid, dude. A, D- a D.Va coming in here. And a Tracer. Tracer, those, what a dork. Those will be easy. But the Mercy is where it's at. We're joined now by organizer of the Hall of Fame City Comic Con, Patrick Nelson. Good to have you. So I, I'm curious, as this is the third year you've done this, is today... Thank God we're here, or still, oh my God, I can't believe it's tomorrow, and still these 10 things have to be done. Uh, you know, man, at this point in year three, we, we've got a checklist. We're going down the checklist. Everything's kind of in place, and it's it's we've spent a year sowing seeds, and, and we're going to see see what, what kind of harvest we get out of it. So tickets obviously available at the door, but they can get them prior by going where? Uh, there's there's a link on our Facebook page. Okay, uh, but the presale's over. We close that down. Oh, is that ah, right? Yeah, yeah. Got to show up tomorrow. It's, yeah, we 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 had to shut it down. It was it was too hot. He was he was nice. Wow, that's good. Yeah. He was nice enough to bring us some tickets, so we'll pass them out here uh, when we're done speaking with you. So, uh, give the audience like who are you most excited to see? Oh, uh, Kevin Eastman, creator, co-creator of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That's kind of awesome, right? Yeah, that's that's a big deal. We've been that on is the a big list deal. to get him here for two years. Wow. So. That'll be good. When when stuff like this happens, when you're talking about the creator of of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and I know the creator of the Crow is, is going to be there as well. Oh, cool! I mean, like, Obar. what kind of what kind of like insight is that? Like, I mean, and, and what kind of like wh- what are you getting out of these guys? Oh, um, lots of Ninja Turtle pictures, or, or you mean the creators? Themselves? Yeah, I'm just saying, like, the creators. Like, when I go up there as a Ninja Turtles fan, am I getting an autograph? Am I getting you know a little bit of FaceTime with that guy? I mean, how, how's how's the interaction as me as a fan go? Uh, Kevin Eastman is super personal. Will, he will shake your hand. He will take a picture. He will smile. He will be happy to meet you. That's awesome. So, I um, I like the turtles, and I'm I'd be interested. Like, what's his take on the movies? Uh, you know, I haven't talked to him about that. It's it's mostly dealing with his his business agent at this point. Okay, I would I'd, I'd be interested to find that out. You know what I mean? As because. The movie's got to be what they got to be, you know what I mean? But I'd be interested to hear somebody who was so close to it what he thought. And interesting to see what, because Ninja Turtles started as a black and white comic. Like, it was very different. Actually, I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, very gritty, very dark. It would shoot, uh, you know, you know, Shredder is the, the big bad guy. Yeah. He dies in the first issue. Oh, yeah, wow. it was it was a very different oh, I didn't thing, know that. and yeah. I can remember when that made that transition from like the black and white comic into the very colorful late '80s, early '90s cartoon into what it is now. Because like there has to be a little bit of like, man, I started this, and now look at like look at what these different shows, these different movies, all these different things. I mean, Vanilla Ice for Christ's sake! <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know what? Screw the latest movies. That's the one I want to get his take on. I'd be interested to find that out. So third annual, you already shut the presale down because it was too hot. So let me. So I feel like the answer is yes. We're a go for year four next year, then, right? Yeah, it's happening. 
You got to be pumped about this, right? Super pumped. This is see. All right, I'm glad you're here because I, I took heat this last week for talking about how much I love this city on social media, which I can't believe. By the way, if you're gonna bitch about something, but I give you more than enough to bitch about right. with the radio show. Right. My love from where you come from is what you're gonna complain about. Like I, I thought that was really really strange, but. This is an interesting thing, and you you are one of these stories about why I love this town as much as I do. I've lived in a million small towns. I lived in a, a town called Grants Pass in Oregon. Dude, they gave up. They're not doing stuff. Outside of selling weed now legally, but they're not doing stuff. Like So people always want to kind of knock places like this, but here we are, small town America, and you got this thing, dude, three years in, it's gangbusters. You're already ready to go for gang four, you know, year four. So you see what I'm saying? Like, Dude, this town supports its stuff. Oh, yeah, the, the city shows up. I, dude, I love that about here. Like the not, dude, the not giving up and real. See, because Phantom and I are always harping on people. There's nothing to do here. And in reality, what that is is, no, dude, you're just somebody who doesn't go do things. And uh, if I could put you, I could put you in L.A. and you're still kind of the person who's going to binge watch Netflix all day and not go find something to do. But there's always something to do, and this is something to do tomorrow. You know what I mean? And so I think it's awesome that you know, when people are going to supply events for people to go do, I like that. I'm- I'm glad you bring up L.A. I am because one of the things that I think a lot of people see is that, you know, that L.A. Comic-Con, that big city Comic-Con. And one of the things I've liked about the Hall of Fame City Comic-Con is, and you year one said this to me, and I kind of want you to describe what this means to the people, is that it's a comic fans Comic-Con. This isn't the mainstream Walmart version. This is the authentic thing. What does that mean to you? Um, it, it, it's not as media based. It's uh, focused more on the the fandom of of the the medium of comic books. Uh, the the creators. I mean, we've got we've got twenty five local creators showing up tomorrow. To, oh, that's to, cool. to sell their wares, man. It's it's fantastic. I got a waiting list the length of my arm for for local creators that want to get in. This is what I find interesting about the comic book business and the comic trade overall, is that. It's the only thing, it's the last, I I don't know if I'm right about this, but it feels to me like it's the last thing, paper form, that isn't being moved to e-readers or anything like that. It it is, but but it's not as successful because we want to hold it. You want to hold it. Right. And so honestly, I was never a big comic book reader as a kid, right? Um, Probably just because I was never going to be a big reader as a kid. But there, I am a collector. I'm I'm a vinyl collector. I'm a Star Wars collector. And that thing, that tangible thing, this I own this thing. We're not sharing it. I don't pay you monthly to access. I this is mine. I dude, that's lost. And I think honestly that people are going to start to yearn for that more. And there may be a massive resurgence in this industry, especially with the popularity of the movies, right? Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's the the prices on some of these books have never been higher. Okay, so what is an average price of a I like it, books. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're books. Well good well, there's a difference, right? There's books, there's graphic novels, which are normally more hardcoverish, right? Uh yeah, or collected collected editions, half okay. a dozen issues in, in one, one. See, book. I know the things. I looked some stuff there up yesterday. Is, there it is. I looked some things up. So what's an average price of a book right now? Uh, brand new comics, three ninety nine. Okay, that's not bad. Yeah, it's not terrible. And and they run about what sixty pages? Uh, no, uh, new comics twenty two. Twenty two. Yeah. See, I knew he'd know. I just guessed. I guessed at sixty. I had no idea. It, it's one of those things that you're right. It's a tangible thing that you have in your hands. It's the ability to kind of connect with something that you sure. know. Right. That 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 is more than just like all right. This is on my screen because I've tried to read comics on 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 my reader before. It's not the same. It, it doesn't even remotely. Feel. I feel that way. Thing. I feel that way about books too. But with comics, it was just fundamentally different. It just looked like it felt like I was looking at 
at pictures as opposed to like being a part of it. And you would you know? think it would be different because digital, you would think the pictures would be so much more crisp and clear and pull you in. But I can just, I can tell it's like, nah, it would be a less enjoying way to do that. And so it's still like the thing that can like sell actual product. And that's impressive to me. And I think one of the things, too, and I'm glad you brought this up, Patrick, is you've got 25 local vendors as a part of this. Yeah. And I think we all harp very regularly on like, well, dude, you got to support local businesses. You got to. We got to support local business. It's something we got to do. And then there's the other hand of like, oh, well, we got to support the arts. Well, of course we got to support the arts. It's something we have to do as people. And it's like, this is such Smash a great together. opportunity right, to take care of both of those things at once there. That's a good point. That's a good point. So the pre-sale is already down. Hall of Fame City Comic Con, third annual. Patrick Nelson's in with us. Um, you said something to me as we were walking uh, into the studio. And we were talking about, I said, I said inevitably Saturday when I'm there, uh, and again, Fantone and I will be on site tomorrow, 4 to 6, for the cosplay contest. I said, I'll roam around. I'll get there early. I'll end up roaming around before the cosplay contest, and I'll, I'll, I'll walk by a table. There'll be something Boba Fett related I've never seen. There'll be something you know Han Solo related I've never seen. Something's going to get me. I'm going to end up, the debit card will come out of the wallet. And, he, and then Patrick says to me, he goes, yeah, obviously, man, I'm still that way, too. He's like, but you know, nowadays, it's more of the 15, 20, thousand dollar purchases and i was like i paid less than that for my car (laughs) paid less than that for my car thank you wakeham i uh, but i uh but and so i want to know now um and i don't know what your story is are you married that whole thing okay so you're not married so you can probably still spend a lot of money on stuff you want way to go Uh, percentage wise for sure uh so (laughs) let's stick with the number 15 if i gave you fifteen thousand dollars right now and you could buy the collectible you want what is it uh amazing fantasy 15 first appearance of spider-man Wow. That's what it would be, huh? Uh, every bit of it. You're a Spider-Man purist. Yes. That's so like that was your like your comic growing up. That's that's, that's how this all started was Peter Parker. Yeah. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So let me ask you this, because I don't have a PS4. Okay. I'm an Xbox One guy. Um I'm a, I'm I'm assuming you've played the new Spider Man game. Uh I have put a few hours into it over the last handful <laughs> of days. <laughs> it, uh, so it because it, it, it looks amazing, the reviews are amazing. Like so as a Spider Man person, is it good? It's fantastic. God damn. I don't have a PS4, but now you're gonna have to go buy one. Nah, yeah, so I bet you're I'd, still under 15 grand. You can buy that. PS4. Yeah, I was gonna, <laughs> you're gonna be fine. I was gonna say, 15 grand here. I'm willing to bet there'll be one on for sale tomorrow, right? I'm willing to bet I'll be able to find one at the third annual Hall of Fame City Comic Con. That's Patrick Nelson, organizer. We do have tickets for you. Let's pass out a couple of pairs. Take callers 20, you know, 20, 21, 22, 1 800 243 7625 on those. And uh, I would imagine day of sale tickets at the Civic Center tomorrow. We can walk up, just get in. That's the door, baby. Absolutely. All right. So join us tomorrow as Fantone and I will both be there four to six for the cosplay contest more Sainsbury show right around the corner let's send you out to las vegas for the 2018 iHeartRadio music festival we'll do it right now let's go rock 1069 has your shot at a trip to our iHeartRadio music festival now tech rock 1069 welcome back to the Sainsbury show I would go to twitter and they're like dude i get my truck and for whom the bell tolls is on i had to check and make sure i was on the right radio station rock 1069 yeah i'll be honest with you that was supposed to be king nothing I was like, nah, nah, I kind of need the bell tolls today. Kind of need it. Kind of need it. Time marches on. Time marches on indeed. Kind of need it. Friday night, a lot of you going to go out and drink. And we all know, start putting the booze in you, what happens? Jeez, that girl looks kind of good. God, kind of want to have some sex. Jeez, next thing you know, we're texting. People you probably shouldn't be. X's and the like. D-picks, all of it. Jeez. It's not good. Just random D-picks. Who's in there? I don't care. D-pick for you. D-pick for you. D-pick for you. Everybody. You know what? That is our show. We're the Oprah of D-Picks. Just everyone's Just just everybody gets them, right? But you know, dude, you're a couple of drinks in. You just start feeling like good. 
There's a reason. Obviously. Science. Alcohol slows down your thought processes and cognition by uh, depressing the cere uh, cerebral cortex. Right? That's the command center. So it's like, yo, dude, well, we're, we're, basically what alcohol does is it goes right to the command center and says, we got it, bitch. Put your feet up. Fine, we're good. We're good. We got it from here. But apparently there's another portion of your brain that controls your impulses and things and your sexual impulses. And it's not necessarily affected by alcohol. But it gets in there, starts doing other stuff, and you know what I mean? It just starts, it starts, well, essentially watering down the, you know, you know, the quality of the system. And next thing you know, you start wanting to do dirty things. And that's why you end up sleeping with people that you're like, what am I thinking about? What am I doing? Right? Like, I, I mean, I haven't done that in a while. I mean, I've gotten drunk and had the sex, don't get me wrong, but it was by design. I was like, yeah, 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 no, I see her. I kind of like that. Let's try that. Right? But it's been a while since I woke up in the morning, looked over, and was like, oh, my God, the hell was I thinking? But I obviously have been through that, and it's a scary thing, dude. It's not good. Yeah, I mean, everyone, I think, at some point or another in their life has been in that situation where alcohol has created a... A false truth where it was like, oh, you know, yeah. where it was like, this is something I want to do or this is something that, you know, that that I feel good about where it's like, dude, in sober moments, you're just like, man, that was a mistake. And like, I, I, I don't know, that's definitely a part of drinking that I think you have to like, you got to factor in when you decide like, hey, I'm going out tonight. It's like, well, where's the line between feeling good and making bad decisions? Because somewhere along the line, it exists. I always had this theory that bad decisions were always going to be bad, but get me just drunk enough to make questionable decisions. Okay. That I like those okay. where it's like, eh, maybe you shouldn't do this, but it's not that bad. So do that. And I got to be honest with you. I Dude, sex when you're a little boozy is kind of good. It is. It's kind of good, right? Because you're loose, you're less, uh, you know, anxious, and you're less worried about yourself, self-conscious. You just kind of let it go. Yeah, I, I, I think there's not like hammered. That's that's what I was gonna say. Is there's a, a big, big difference there though? Of like, yeah, we both had a couple of drinks, and they're like now like flirtatious and and enjoying each other and like horny and like. I'm drunk making bad decisions because I feel like that's maybe that's a part of adulthood is kind of figuring out where your line is with that and where you are as a drinker. But like, so it's so easy to overshoot that line. It's so easy to be like, all right, well, you know, three beers has me feeling like this. Three more beers is going to double that. And all of a sudden it's like, dude, no, your life is a disaster. And you got it. Well, some of you are younger. But the older you get, you gotta figure, you gotta weigh it out. It's like how many of these drinks actually helps raise the flag, and then how many is it till we get to the point to where we're past the point of no return? That can happen. You know what I mean? They call it whiskey D for a reason. But dude, a couple of beers to loosen you up, get you in the mood. It's not the worst thing in the world. As a matter of fact, dude, Friday night, like that's uh, probably that's gonna be part of our plan. I mean, we're going out to dinner, and I would imagine, you know, when the waitress comes by, yeah, start with wine. Let's do that whole thing. Get a little boozy, and then back to the apartment. It's just the way it works. It's the way it works. As a matter of fact, the governor of downtown Canton will be in to teach you how to get all kind of boozy downtown this weekend. <laughs> I'll let you know. Dude, nobody's better at getting the drinks inside of them than Buzzbin <laughs> Mike. He, that dude loves the drinks. So we'll talk to him in studio 9 o'clock. We also have a, uh, a couple of more pairs of those Hall of Fame City Comic Con tickets. We'll get you guys hooked up. More Stansberry Show right around the corner. Stick around. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Hey, guys. It is Fantone from the Stansberry Show here telling you about the LASIK surgery I had done at the Roholt Vision Institute. Now, if you're somebody who's thought about LASIK surgery in the past, there are so many questions you have, dude. And I have the exact same questions. Is it safe? How much is it going to cost? What is my vision going to be like? In the Roholt Vision Institute, they understand you're going to have questions, comments, and concerns. I mean, LASIK is a surgery. 
And the first step to finding out if it's the right surgery for you is to visit their website where they make everything crystal clear, both literally and figuratively. That website, RollHoltVision.com. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock on I was just asked a question that I don't know the answer to. But Vegas put out the line on the Browns over under five and a half. Wins. I bet the under. Somebody just asked me, dude, what's the tie do to that? Oh. What do they do there? To be honest with you, I've never had this happen. Oh. So I don't know. Now, I would think if I'm guessing here, but like if a team was getting three points in the game, you tie that three points, puts you over, you win, right? Yeah. So So I could see that. Right? But win totals on the year, I don't know how Vegas will do that. But it's win totals, not record. You're betting over under five the and a half wins. wins. You're and not you did not win the game. You're not you're not betting on what is their record. Is it gonna be five and eleven? Is it gonna be four and twelve? Is it gonna be six and ten or whatever? You're betting on the, on win, the total. win total. That's how I read it, but I don't I don't know that to be fact. And there's sixteen games, the win was like five, five and a half. So it's not like we're going to run out of games for this one game to be, you know what I mean? It's not like they're going to get that close and be like, well, we don't know where that game is. But that's interesting. I'll have to look into what Vegas does there. Honestly, as much betting as I've done, I don't know the answer to that. Um, I want to be optimistic about the Browns. I really do. Like, oh, I, we were, well, well, we were talking a bunch earlier, and there was, you know, I thought brought up some good points about Miles Garrett, and thought there was, you know, but dude, they're playing the Saints on the road. Drew Nine Bree- point dogs. Drew Brees is ready to go off. He's ready for a victory. It's at home. Like I said earlier, there's a hurricane hitting America, and Drew Brees gets superpowers when that happens. Yeah, you're right. So uh, I, I can't, I can't feel good about tomorrow as a Browns fan. All right, I kind of want to touch on this. Um, but I don't want to spend all day on it. Okay. I, we've been having such a good Friday, so I'm going to remain calm. <laughs> I am. Okay. I, honestly, I feel like this is the best show we've done in a long, long time. We're both loose, feeling good. Show's been pretty good. So I don't want to derail it. But you guys know how I feel about protests, right? Okay. I don't love them. And not necessarily about what's going on in the country. It was like, well, this company did this and I don't like it. Right. I, I, I just I don't buy into them. I don't think you really ultimately take things down. Um, I think you end up bolstering what it is you're, you're trying to oppose. And I've got the math to prove it now. As we were told this week, oh, Nike, they're on fire because of the Kaepernick ad. OK, well, the stock closed at eighty three dollars and forty seven cents. That's an all time high for Nike. So they're not on fire. As a matter of fact, LeBron James is saying out, out here in his tweet. Well, I mean, I guess we're on fire, meaning we're on fire the good way. Now, should be pointed out, let's do this, it's only been a 1% increase since the Kaepernick ad. So it's not like the Cap ad did this. All right? So I'm not saying that. But what you're hearing about the Kaepernick ad has made people run away from Nike isn't true either because it's at least an increase of 1.5%. Yeah, I was going to say, at the end of the day, I think any business on the face of the planet would take an increase of 1.5% at any given time. At no point are you going to be Ours like, would. Uh, uh, no, I'm good. You know what? I'm good. Um, you know, I, I think that we were out that week where this story really popped. Yeah, and, and I was happy. I was so grateful. No, dude. multiple people texted me that said, how happy are you right now? I said, I'd be happier if you weren't texting me about it. <laughs> I was so happy, and a lot of it was kind of from your perspective of like, good, I'm glad Stansbury's not losing his mind over this, and you didn't necessarily have oh, you to You thought like, about me on break, huh, buddy? You didn't have to fall nice. into the day-to-day of like, well, this is a huge story, and blah, blah, blah. I know a lot of people um, wanted to, 
Oh, what are you? What are you? What are you not wearing Nikes anymore? You're a big sissy. You you already gave him the money. That's stupid. Blah blah blah. And I get what you're saying, but at the same time, I understand if you don't feel like a company is necessarily in line with what you feel like is is appropriate or not, why you don't want to be a billboard for them. So, do I think cutting your Nike the Nike sign off your socks and your shorts and and burning your your shoes is stupid? Yes, but I don't think it's stupid to be like, yo, this isn't in line with what I think. Therefore. I'm not going to be a billboard for them. I agree. And I support people's right to be able to do this. But what I always say about this is I don't think people have the wherewithal or like uh, to, to see it all the way through to the end. And here's what I mean. People already got owned by this. Screw Nike. I'm out. I'm out. I'll spend my money with their competitor, Converse. Uh, no, Nike owns Converse. Well, I mean, oh, then I'll just go, you know, the skate route. I'm, I'm going to go Hurley. Okay, well, Nike owns Hurley. See what I'm saying? These companies own multiple companies. You you can't do it. You can't do this thing you're trying to do because they just, dude, the 10 companies that own everything are the 10 companies that own everything. You, once you start going down the rabbit hole, you'd have to avoid so much. This is like people are like, I'm only buying USA-made products. No, you ain't. No, you Good ain't. Luck. Because Good there's luck. like there's like three things. The label that says made in the USA isn't even made here. Are you kidding me? So you can't do it. That's what makes me annoyed when people try to pretend to do these things. I understand. Look at me saying I'm not going to yell and I'm yelling. (laughs) I understand, like I said, why people feel that like I want to give money to the businesses that I feel like support the causes that I'm a part of. Things like that. Like I totally understand that, but you can't can't put these arbitrary... Oh, there it is. Who can? Oh, get in here, brother. Get in here. No, Get in here. That's it, baby. Mark Munchbishop. Now, here's the thing. Buddy, I, I am a little bit up the clock here, and I have an interview scheduled for nine o'clock. But are you? How long are you in the building, bro? I have, can I have you at the second break at nine o'clock? I have to interview one of the great people from Akron Children. Okay, yeah, yeah. Nine thirty. I'm here as long as you need me, man. Love it. Okay. Love all right. It. All right. Yeah, Dude, start like, bumping stuff. Make it okay. happen. The wife's mad at me. I was just gonna like find a place to put a sleeping bag in here. For the <laughs> Not in here, dude. I got a, I got an apartment. We got places. And I bought furniture finally. Yeah. No, Wait, I got a good one. Yeah, he's got a guest room. Yeah. I've been through your house. Yeah. It's a beautiful home. I'm officially moved in. To it, Munch Man, dude. If you need a place to crash in the Hall of Fame city, you don't have to you ask, man. I think that basement could be a nice little bachelor pad. Oh, dude, no question about <laughs> it. I have no plans, mind you. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Munch. I absolutely love you. We're going to send you to Vegas for the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Festival. That's next. Also, the governor of downtown Canton, Mike Buzzman, Mike, will be in the studio with us next on Rock 106.9. Hope you boys brought popcorn. The Stansberry Show. Because I'm about to put on a show. Rock 106. Hey guys, you got the Stansberry Show here. Fantone and I will be at the Canton Civic Center on September the 15th, hosting your cosplay contest for the third annual Hall of Fame City Comic Con. In the 2018 Hall of Fame City Comic Con, bringing the heat when it comes to special guests, dude. First and foremost, the creator of the Ninja Turtles, Kevin Eastman. You've got legendary comic writer Peter David and the creator of The Crow, James O'Barr. That's going to be amazing, and you're not going to want to miss it. So let's pick up those tickets at hofcitycomiccon.com. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9, also online at wrqk.com. Sending you out to Las Vegas momentarily. But way more important than that, my good buddy. I love when you're here, dude. Thank you. Governor of downtown. We used to call yes. you the mayor, but you were pissed about it. You was like, dude, I want a better title. So self-appointed governor of downtown, uh, Buzzbin Mike, who, which, by the way, let's not bury the lead. You brought a crew with you today. Yeah. You brought a crew with you today. Don't say anything messed and up. I, and, I, and I've said this a thousand times. This is the God's right. honest truth. I've said this a thousand times in here, and I'm so happy you are here uh, for me to say it directly to you. But you brought Kate yeah. Who I view Kate as my bartender. I love you. 
Kate is my Canton bartender. And if you if you ever drink at Buzzman and you know Kate, you love Kate. And I always say this to you. That dude, bartenders have gotten egos over the last decade, and they 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 are now like they want to be the bar star. And what I love about you is it's all about your customer having fun, and that's what makes you so great. And we're just we're I don't know we're soulmates you and me. We are we are we're we're, we're BFFs. And so I'm, I am so happy to hear. You. Now Hannah's here too, but Hannah sucks. And so like and so like we're not really all right. No, I so I told this story once. About how I was walking into Busbin and like the door chick kind of gave me attitude and then ended up calling me an old man, right? <laughs> well, that was Hannah. Jeez. That was Hannah. Jeez. And I did. I, I did. I got. I got. I got a little pissy about it. You did. I did. And then. And then. He and, also and, said that I was the least attractive one in the bar. Jeez, guys, can we pull it back? The old man conversation. Jeez. They're now best friends. I was gonna skip. I was gonna skip over that part, Hannah. I was gonna, but uh, no. But they're both great, and uh, and and Hannah is the manager of uh, you know the cultured uh, coffee. coffee and waffles. Thank you. I mean, they got me all. Kate has me all flustered. Um, but and so that's going really well. You got two locations of that now. There's uh, so so you're downtown and where else? Where, where, where's the we, second we one? We have downtown and then we have uptown. That's the Jackson uptown. <laughs> uptown. Look at it. Very, 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 very clinical here. Yeah. Now you're here to talk about Canton Music Block. Right. And tomorrow night. Uh, you have a, you you've put a stage out there and divorce horses playing, but I hear now what there's two sets that are happening. What's going on tomorrow? Okay, so we have the Camp Music Block, and just to give you a little bit of history of the Camp Music Block, yeah, let's do that. Back when I was running Buzzman Magazine, I was just looking for stories all the time, and I was like, oh yeah, like everybody knows that Hank Williams would died on his way to Canton, and I was just like, wait a second, why the hell was Hank Williams on his way to Canton in the first place? Good point. So. I was just thinking, I was like, was a Hall of Fame here still? I, like, I had no idea. I was like, this is the 50s. I was like, I don't think that thing even existed. Anyway, so I started doing some research, and I found out that, like, Catacorner from uh, Busbin, there was this, like, 5,000-person uh, auditorium called the Canton Auditorium. Canton really? Memorial Auditorium. Yeah, it was huge. It was massive. It took up the whole block. Is it where the that parking lot is yeah, there? Okay. it's right where okay. those, like, football dudes are, okay. like, those football guys that look like the charge in Busbin. Yeah, the, the five. Yeah, 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 yeah. So if you look up, like... Old pictures is Camp Memorial Auditorium. It's just massive. And I was like, where, where the hell did this thing go? You know what right. I mean? And so anyway, so the more I started doing research and looking at like trying to find old set lists and stuff like that, I honestly don't know when it was built or when it closed down, but I just know like a bunch of cool people played there. And I found out like, so Hank Williams on his way there when he died. Johnny Cash played there. And that like subsequently meant that like Johnny Cash is like walking around my block. You know right. what I mean? And that's cool. And that gave us that is cool of camp music. And then the more I looked at looked like did research and stuff like that, and the more I realized that like country and western existed in Canton. Like that was where we had the auditorium. We had like we basically had the queue. You know what I mean? So wow. everybody like the scene was bubbling down in uh, Zanesville and Barnesville and all that area and stuff like right. that. But they came up to Canton to play because we had the auditorium. So that's where they put like humongous shows together. Anyway. I'm not lying. I took like two years of my life to research that stuff, and I found like I have. Have you never seen Google? <laughs> no, we could wrap this up pretty quick. From the fifties, there was no Google in the fifties. Like I literally had to call people. I was like a private investigator. Anyway, long okay. story short, I came up with the idea for the Camp Music Block because I was like, man, this thing's cool, and this gives us like history. These bands are gonna love it. We already have a good thing going on right now. Anyway, like between us and Georges and Oracle, we're all like doing as much music as we possibly possibly can. So it is I, vibrant. I'll yeah. give you that. So I wrote yeah. up like basically like the way it should go, and with all the venues and all that stuff, and I gave it to Arts and Stark, and I said, "Hey," and I was like, "You guys should get behind this." So after that was like 2012 or 13 or something like that. Finally, <laughs> like, this past year, they're like, "We're behind it." 
Like this is this is a good idea. It just took us a minute to like wrap our heads around it and figure out how we're going to do it. We're behind it. So now they're pushing like they're like funding it, which is cool. That is that's so, great. But in the meantime, like dude, I'll throw a show on like a hundred dollars and it'll be a rager. You know what right. I mean? So I don't need all that money. But like so that was where this whole thing came up with um, the whole doors idea. Was I was out there and this guy named Tim Carmody from the Hub. Oh, I was, loved him. Yeah, dude, he's awesome. Good dude. He did this massive, awesome Jim Morrison mural yeah, by the side of Fronimos. And so I was out there and I was painting our fence. It's actually my, on my Instagram, Dan Down Sainsbury's, where you can see yeah. that. I was like out there painting our fence with the kids, with my kids and stuff like that. And we're just like over there and I'm like, you know, I was whatever. We're just watching him. I was like, dude, this is so good. That's so good. So, good. so I hit him up and I was like, hey, do you want like a mural reveal party or something like that, like some sort of like, you know, doors party. I was hey, like, I thanks for caring enough <laughs> yeah, to do, like, to make cool yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. You know, and he's like, okay. So I went and I was looking up, um, I was trying to find some like doors cover bands because like, I don't know, back when I was in Kent and like... Moonlight yeah, Drive and yeah. like all them guys, yeah. I don't think those guys ever... Well, those guys got to be 70 now. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. I was like 19 when <laughs> yeah. I was going down, you know? I was like, I got to figure something out here. So anyway, so I'm looking around, looking around, looking around, and then it just occurred to me, there's this band, Divorce Horse, who is there are like our little sweetheart sweethearts of downtown right now, and they're awesome. And every time I see them, they just get better and better and better. And that's what I was saying. It's not like they're like they need to get better; they just keep getting better. So it's a mark like, of a good band. Yeah. So I was like, hey, do you guys want to do this Doors set for this show, and we can like I don't know, pay us some money and like just get up there on stage? And they're like, yeah. And so so anyway, so they got a hold of this one dude um, in the scene named Mike Bastis, who plays keys, and then. They got a hold of this other guy named Sean Kelly who plays harmonica, and they just like got it all together. And that was the video I posted yesterday. Yeah, I saw that. That was that really was cool. Like, it is awesome. Yeah, so it then, was awesome. And I was like, man, that's what the music block's all about. It's not like we built this thing on like <clears throat> big names or the you know like it was just that two things. You get really good bands, and you never know what you're gonna see. That was that's. The music. Block. I like. I like the sound so, of that. It's yeah, the beauty so of cool. Buzzbin, dude. You can walk in there on any given night and be like, "Damn, yeah. dude, that, that that was a great band." Like, yeah. So it was just, and it's just a bunch of people that yeah. care. You know what I mean? And that's that. Like, you can't buy passion. You can't buy any of that stuff. It's just literally a bunch of people that care. And like, that's why, like, why I brought these girls. To yeah. You because like, they care. You they know do I mean? care. They're there all the time, and they care. And like, Kate came up with like, a, we were just sitting around. Completely sober at 2 in the morning one night. <laughs> okay. okay. Dude, this is Rock 106.9, not church. You're all right. You're all right. Coming up with, like, genius ideas. Like, she's like, we should put, like, a four-square thing right in the middle of Buzzman. I was like, that's awesome. <laughs> and then Hannah and I, like, this is dangerous, dude. This yeah. Is dangerous right here. So like, I've heard that ideas, combination, yeah. uh, the, the, that yeah. idea combination. This is seriously dangerous. Is really solid. Yeah. Now, so. I, I'm excited about this show tomorrow night. I am. Yeah. Um, and so I don't know if this is the right time to tell you this or not. Do you... I have... Now it's not divorce horse, but I have a I have a pretty legendary bad run in with the doors. Do it I that hear that ru- about that it. ruined. <laughs> I loved the doors growing up. Okay, and I was working at a different radio station. We were doing afternoons then, and uh, it was a different cast of shows, and they were bringing in like the doors, and then it was the dude from Fuel was singing. Yeah. Right, and they did that thing, and they were going to play House of Blues or whatever. So they were like, "Hey, eh, let's you know, we'll do like an afternoon show. We'll bring in people into the radio station. These guys will play." Now that's a cool thing because yeah. it's the goddamn doors, right? Mm-hmm. So it's pretty sweet, right? So the program director says to me, "He's like, you guys need to interview, you know, Robbie Krieger and May, you know, Ray Manzarek and that, you know, the whole band, pretty much, um, before we let them play." Okay, fine. Right, I'm pretty excited. Call my brother. I'm like, dude, the doors are going to be here, right? And so you know, my you know, my brother's listening to the radio the whole thing. And he was a big fan. 
And they call like an hour before they get there, and they're like, well, we're going to be a little late. Now, welcome to Rockstar, and I'm, I don't really care. And then it's like, well, you know, can you send somebody out to get us grapes and cheese and like all this stuff, right? And welcome to riders and rock bands, and they've definitely done enough to, to you know, to earn the right to kind of like, you know, throw, to, to throw their D around, right? I get it. I totally get it, right? So we send the interns out. We're like, yeah, 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 go get them this, go get them this, go get them this. They get there, and they like stick their nose up at it like it wasn't nice enough. And now you kind of got me pissed off. Right, because mm-hmm. it's like, bro, this is Cleveland. Like, what'd you think you were gonna get? Like, come on. Right? Well, and grapes are grapes. Yeah. <laughs> like, Giant Eagle has very good grapes. Yeah, who are you, <laughs> dude? Who are you, Caesar? You know what I mean? Like, sorry, Caesar. Like, you know, you know, the grapes aren't good enough. Right? Exactly. Right. Right. And so we start interviewing them. Now I know that when you get asked the same question every day for the last forty years of your life, you're done answering it. Then don't do the interview, though, right? So, like, I'm, I'm leading Ray Man's Eric down the line. I'm kind of talking to him, and I was like, all right, well, obviously, dude, people want to know about Jim. And I said, I saw a documentary on you guys. And I said, this is not the Val Kilmer movie. This is a documentary. And I said, and why I love Jim as a kid is, in the documentary, he says to the camera, people would just come up to us in the street, and they would give us drugs. Every other guy in the doors would put them in their pocket. I put mine in my mouth. Jeez. And I was like, you know what? And I was like, dude, that made me love Jim Morrison because I'm a reckless person yeah. like that or had been when I was younger. You know what I mean? So, of course, that, oh that's my. like appealing to me. So now, all right, all right, all right, all right. I'm good to you. Be good to me. Right. And so, yeah, last week, last week. And so he gets really, really pissy with me about it because he's now trying to tell me that Morrison's legacy isn't being a drug addict. And I'm like, bro, come on now. Come on now. So they get really mad. Long story short, they end up calling us frickin' frack. I don't even know what that means. And then uh, he gets super pissed. He calls me a dick on the air and like they storm out. Like he's still, so Rayman's Eric, I think he says since died, right? And Robbie Krieger, uh, from two legendary band members of a band I loved and like cherished as a kid growing up, now like hate me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and just like, dude, like, a, like icons right. hate me. Outside of Sharon Osbourne calling me a dick on MTV, those are like really? my two big. Oh yeah, dude. Oh, oh yeah. I'll t- you know what? I'll tell you <laughs> yeah. that story off the air because okay. the radio, dude, the company doesn't like when I tell that one on. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> they, don't, they don't like when I tell that you, one on the air. So tomorrow night. Did, now is okay. is this tickets for tomorrow no, night? No, just free. show up. All of it's free. The camp music block stuff is free. We just want. We don't, people. Like, we just want the right people to come down. That's why I'm here right well, now. Well, I was going to say, know, yeah, this, this, I mean, this is the right crowd. Rock 106.9 yeah. are the right people. That was the thing. So we just want the right people to be down there. Just be cool. Have a good time. Drink a beer. You can drink on the streets. I was going to say, right. yeah, with Dora, you can drink outside. How many years ago. Right. You know I mean, it's awesome. Which, like, by the way, like, we did Dora and everybody, everything everybody was all worried about. Oh, yeah. God, it's all going to go to hell if we do yeah. it. Literally not one incident. Right. It'd be nice to have a bathroom outside, but like whatever. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll work you know. Maybe you and so, I should team yeah. up and get that done. <laughs> Officially sponsored the Buzzman by the Stansberry Pisser. No, I love it. I love <laughs> it. Like Urinate on Stansberry. Oh, I love it. Oh, that's great. They'll, they'll line up to pee in that. That's the governor of downtown Canton. That's uh, that's Buzzman Mike. See us, uh, well, all three of us, it sounds like, uh, you know, tonight, tomorrow night downtown. Thank you, Mike, awesome. Hannah, Thanks, and of course, Kate. You know I love you, baby. I love Kate so much. More Stansberry Show after we send you out to Vegas for the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Festival. That's right now. Let's go! Rock 106.9 has your shot at a trip to our iHeartRadio Music Festival. Now, text the keyword SHOT to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message supply. That's SHOT to 200-200. Good luck from Canton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. 
Welcome back to the Sands Show. We're on Rock 1691. Thank Patrick Nelson, organizer of the Hall of Fame City Comic Con. He joined us in the 8 o'clock hour. Then Governor of Downtown, Buzzbin Mike, stopped by, spent 9 o'clock with us. First part of it, anyway. Brought Kate and Hannah with him, too. Love Kate. Big fan of her. You drinking Buzzbin, you should know her. It's been a good show today, dude. M- Mike, Patrick, Munchman. Dude, it's yeah. a good show. Feeling good about life right now. Yeah, one of the worst, right? One of the worst. So let's ruin it right here. Let's do that. You know, things almost over. Shoot ourselves in the foot. Here it comes. All right, we all got gross habits, right? Yeah. Um, we know. I am one of these people. Actually, uh, I don't know if I want to tell these stories anymore. I uh, there but, it is. But, but but apparently, I uh, I've told this a couple of times where if you leave me alone and uh, and I pull out the dental floss, and I start like flossing the teeth. That occasionally I'll. I'll raise that that floss then to the nose to get a good whiff of the, well, honestly, awful smell that comes off of those things. See, but here's the thing, though. Here it's not go. occasionally. It's not like, oh, yeah, dude, this is a one-time thing. Or like, or like, I understand there is a little bit of you when something gross happens. Like, dude, I have to smell it immediately. But you go back to it. You know what I'm saying? You don't just establish it as like, all right, that stunk. It's like, dude, you keep doing it time and time and time again. That's That's what's gross about it. I did it yesterday. I'll do it today. I'm actually, uh, I found my new dentist, Dr. Ash, down here. Right. I'm very excited. Uh, Tuesday, I'm, I'm actually going in for, for a routine cleaning. But I will do that. I will, like, smell the dental floss, right? That's gross. Ask, ask the doc about that. Does anyone else say that they do this, doc? You know what? I no. am going to. He's going to be like, no. I am going to ask him about that. Now, I bring this up because that's a body odor. Yeah. Okay. And apparently there are body odors that if you have them, you don't want to look the other way on them. Because it, what it is, is your body's basically an alert system. It's an alarm system. It's telling you. Much like, okay, your body is like the dashboard of your car. Okay. When that oil light comes on, you got to look at whatever's going on with the oil. So when your body starts releasing scents, it's telling you, yo, 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 this is what's going on. Okay. So we have them here, right? If your breath smells fruity, now that sounds like that would be good. Like, if my breath just smelled fruity, I wouldn't be like, man, I got to get this taken care of. I'm like, dude, I got I got stuff going on in here that's good. Yeah, and we're not saying that your breath smells like strawberry blunt wraps. Like, it's got a fruitiness to it. A okay. fruitiness. Okay. Okay. Apparently, that's your body telling you that you may have diabetes. Now, that's a pretty serious thing and yeah. reversible in most cases. So, like, get on top of it. But I would have never linked those two things together. Um, I'm not necessarily surprised because blood sugar and the, you know, the levels that you have within your body, oh. that's, that's where you're getting that, wow. that fruitiness from. Wow. I just skipped over a very easy part of that. Yeah. Dude, I, I don't have fruity breath, but dude, I am just terrified that I have diabetes because I'm so thirsty all the time. And I've like gone to doctors and I've been like, yo dude, it's insatiable thirst. Like I'm constantly peeing I'm constantly drinking. I'm always doing this. And they're like, no, your blood sugar is fine. But like it, to me, it's just like, dude, I'm going to be a diabetic and I'm going to die. It's for it, like, because I'm not treating it, nothing's happening here. I'm very worried about that. You are a thirsty person all the time, dude. Just constant drinking, like, constantly drinking. Um, they don't say what cotton mouth means, <laughs> but you might want to look that one up on your own, buddy. Another body odor here stinky feet is they say a symptom of athlete's foot. Like, if your feet really stink, if they smell worse than they should, that you probably got some athlete's foot going on there. Now, I would imagine that athlete's foot is kind of one of those things that a lot of guys have and just think, oh, my yeah. foot kind of itches and don't realize, no, dude, you got stuff going on. Yeah, I, um, dude, I've had a ton of like 
fungal skin infections in my life and like it can like flare up and you don't even really realize it until it's like yo dude you've really got to take care of this so like i wouldn't be surprised at all to know that there's dudes out there who just like "Eh, yeah whatever i uh I, i don't get it a ton but sometimes you know the gym and like things like that and then uh but it occasionally you'll be in the shower even at your house and you'll just like feel yourself with like the heel of your other foot just like rubbing the top of your foot and it just feels good it's like why am i doing this and it's like oh yeah cuz you got to spray those things you got to right. get the tenactin right. in there madden told you madden's been telling you forever smelly they say poop here and i hate the fact that i have to use that uh, word cuz i just feel like i'm 5 years old exactly smelly duty right it's a stinky duty sansbury now i was under the impression that this stuff just smells bad all the time Right? Yeah. But they say here that if it's if it's smelly, that really what that's your body telling you is that you're lactose intolerant. You overdid it on the cheese there? Now, a lot of dietitians will tell you everyone technically is lactose intolerant and that you're not supposed to have that much milk and you're not supposed to have oh. that much dairy. Oh, do Americans overdo it on dairy? Of course we do. We yeah. overdo it on everything. Exactly. Right. <laughs> like, except for like good decisions. I yeah. mean, what do we sell? It's double cheeseburgers. That's what uh, yeah, right. exactly right. That's what we do. So like there's a lot more milk and lactose in the American diet than probably should be. Yeah, I mean your poop's always going to smell, but you know that there's that that ladder of stank there and once you get to a certain rung on that ladder, it's like good lord, am I dying? See, I always I dude, I got to wonder, maybe I am lactose intolerant and to the level because dude, here's the thing. I know nobody. It's not like you walk in the bathroom after anybody be like, man, that's 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 so, pleasant. That's that's pleasant. Okay, but dude, I'll melt. You know, be paint. You know what I mean? Like sometimes I can't even be in there with me. You know what I mean? I'm just like, dude, this is dude. dude when you're courtesy flushing at your apartment. <laughs> Seriously, I live alone. Door open. When you're courtesy flushing for your goddamn self, like, dude, that's a that's bad, bad, bad place to be. Okay. Another body odor here. Strong smelling urine is maybe a symptom of a urinary tract infection, okay. which is a very commonly passed STI. You can't be, you know, you know what I mean? That's that you can kind of like dirty penis can kind of, you know what I mean? Can kind of spread around, get that whole stuff going on. It's not great. The last one they have here is bad breath. Now again. Obviously, we all kind of have this a little bit. There's a reason why I want to smell my dental floss, right? right. So there's a reason why it's like there's stuff hanging out in there. But if it's extra bad. And I wouldn't have never linked these two things together. Is that bad breath is a symptom of sleep apnea, and I wouldn't have guessed that. Um, sleep apnea is definitely going to like mess with how you breathe. So I wonder if like since you're breathing through your mouth all night, dry is what they say, and that's why it gets you're all stanky in there is because you're just as opposed to like breathing through your nose. It's like this. When I'm done doing this. If I cup my hands over my mouth and like breathe into dude, your brother, because you're just, you're talking constantly. And so you're just constantly drying your mouth out. And honestly, it's one of the first things I do every morning when we're done is go to the bathroom and brush my teeth. Cause it just, my mouth feels so gross after talking that long. We, uh, we drink a ton of coffee too. So that's always, oh, yeah. that's always going to be a part of like that morning breath. But like, um, if you do have sleep apnea and you feel like this is a problem for you, I, dude, I bought these things off Amazon and yeah, yeah, no, right. these silicone nose things. And I can't remember what the exact name of it is. Is, but like you shove them up your nose as opposed to like across your nose like a breathe right strip and it opens up the passages and dude I swear to God it's made a huge difference in how I sleep there um, so I, I dude I totally recommend it to you and I'd probably not the same thing as a sleep apnea mask but nonetheless if you're in that kind of like oh, well do well, I or yeah, don't start I start figuring out what, what might work for you but it's really helping you huh and yeah, oh yeah there's no question and as far as bad breath goes and this will happen to me I have 
these giant holes in my tonsils, like these giant, like, and it comes from smoking. There's no question about it. It was sucking down menthol cigarettes for a decade plus of my life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And they'll get feel, filled with like bacteria food. and food and like grossness and you'll get tonsil stones. So like every week, maybe every two weeks, I have to sit there in my mirror, open it up, ah, stick ah. the tongue out and pop these little tonsil stones out of the back of my throat. Cause if I don't, they'll get all stinky. Like they'll get all like, Oh, so yeah, probably once a week or once every two weeks, man. Your boy's just sitting there, flashlight in my own mouth, ah, finger well, in the thing. Like it's terrible. I were you? I'd put it on a napkin, bring it in here, and sell it to me. <laughs> Breathe deep, homie. Oh, wow, oh God, I don't know why I just did that. God, I admitted I cried at the movies with my mom today, and I got to be honest with you, I think that may have been my least favorite thing I've done all morning. More Sansbury Show, but only one more segment. Thank the dear Lord. <laughs> Next on Rock 106.9. Hey, guys, you got the Sansbury Show here. Fantone and I will be at the Canton Civic Center on September 15th, and that's because that's when the third annual Hall of Fame City Comic Con rolls into town. And at the 2018 Hall of Fame City Comic Con, legendary writer Peter David going to be in attendance, dude. Uh, Peter David worked on so many comics that you're familiar with, dude. Uh, we are talking about Spider-Man. We're talking about the Incredible Hulk, Wolverine, dude. All your favorites. This dude's been a part of them. So if you need to pick those tickets up, you can do it online. Check out HOFCityComicCon.com. And all I got to say is it's Friday. And everybody help me say the sinner's prayer. Say, oh, God. Oh, my night. Clint Parker. Melinda Brown Duncan, baby. And Josh Rockin' Roller. A friend of mine said to me the other day, why don't you write a song about all this NFL stuff? So here goes. It's called Kick the Dust Up. If he were habitual homosexuals, then by all means... Take a hike. I thought I like women! Women, 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 women! Get him out of here. Out. Hell, I like you. You can come over to my house and f- my sister. Wow. It is, other than jazz, it's the only other real American art form there is. There's a dirty little secret. You told Clint Parker to turn around and take off his pants. Yes. And did he? Yes. And I just gave him a couple swats. You gonna die doing this dumb ass, yeah. f- you fool? Open your mouth like I give you this milk. Open your your mouth, man. I gotta do you like my two-year-old baby. The truth of the matter is, you were not a good baby. Well, you ain't seen nothing, my friend, until you have a flame coming out of your butthole, and you need an asbestos diaper to be able to keep that flame from burning a hole in your pants. You ain't seen nothing yet. And I don't know nothing about it, but I learned quick, fast, and hurt. What? You told me to leave while I'm in my order while you're making out with that slut. Being in the industry with how much you take on your face. Bam! All upside his head. Just slap him. That gonna make you slap somebody. So kiss my black I thought the bitch was white! Not okay. Make fun of my nose. They call me ugly. They say I have no friends. Yeah, I'm gonna talk to him like that and I'm gonna talk to you like that. So I'm going to ask you right now, put your hand out toward the Atlantic, wherever it is, and let's speak a word right now. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Last final day to send you out to the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Festival. Our opportunities are obviously done. However, Teresa has another one for you coming up at 11 o'clock. Browns on the road at uh, Saints this week. They're nine-point dogs. I like the Saints giving up the points. I won't bet it because nine's a lot. Nine's a lot. Nine's a lot. And, I, and So I don't want to bet it. 
But I do think the Saints probably cover the nine. Yeah, I'll tell they you roll. The, you think so? Yeah. I think they roll. I really do. I I, I think the, I think they get. I, honestly, I think the Browns get throttled on Sunday. I'll tell you the game I do like, and this is going to surprise a lot of you because I don't really love their quarterback. I've said before, I think he's just an average at best quarterback, and I think the numbers basically tell you that outside of like two seasons. But Carolina on the road at Atlanta getting five and a half with Cam. You give me Cam Newton and almost six points, and that defense in Carolina is for real. That's a damn good defense. Plus, Cam's got Norv Turner now. I think Cam's going to have a pretty good year. I'm, at least that was my prediction. So you give me Cam Newton and almost six points in an NFL game. I know it's Matt Ryan. I know it's the Birds, and I know it's in Atlanta. But you give me Cam and that many points and that defense? I got to tell you, dude, I like it. If I've, I think Atlanta maybe wins the game outright, but I don't think they're going to blow Carolina away. Kind of a dead D week in the NFL this week. Matchup-wise? Yeah, I don't see any matchup where I'm like, oh, man, I really want to watch that game. Giants and Cowboys? Uh, well, the Giants aren't any good. Like if they were good. I'll tell you, the, the game this week that's big and you won't see it because it's a 1 o'clock game and it should, would normally be a 4 o'clock game on Fox, and I don't think it'll be on TV. I don't know. Maybe it will. The best game of the week is Vikings at Packers. That's the best game of the week, which, by the yeah. way, Packers giving up one. One and you almost got me tempted to take Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings. No, I think again, Aaron probably wins, but that I don't think that game's going to be a blowout. I think, dude, that defense in Minnesota is for real, bro. And uh, Green Bay's limited with star players. You got Aaron Rodgers, but outside of that, star players, there's nothing. Squat, nothing. So if it was, if if Green Bay was giving up three, I take Kirk Cousins and the points all day on three. One's maybe a little bit of a sucker bet. But Cam Newton getting five and a half on the road and Atlanta, I like it. I'm, I'm going to bet that pretty big. People always ask me, I bet through the Mirage in Vegas. I don't know if you can do that. I just happen to have family who lives there, and I PayPal my brother the money. But that's the game I like this week. We normally do that during football season. I give you the game I like. Carolina and Atlanta, Cam Newton getting five and a half with a, his killer defense. I kind of like him. Now, I'll bet it and probably get throttled and lose all my damn money. Because welcome to gambling. But that's the game I am going to bet. But if I was going to watch a game on TV, maybe I'll go to the bar then, you know what I mean, to someplace that has like you know the direct TV package or whatever it is. Because Vikings-Packers, that's the game of the week for sure. That's the one I would want to watch. Aside from that, we're done. Teresa sends you to Vegas. 11 a.m. this morning. She's got your third keyword of the day. This is your final day on that. Make sure you're checking out Teresa. Win those trips out to Vegas. We'll be back at this. That will be Monday morning, 6 a.m. at Rock 106.9. Podcast up available shortly after 10 a.m. at WRQK.com. You guys have a great weekend. See ya. The Stansberry Show. Kenton's Rock Station. Rock. Yo, guys. Phantom from the Stansberry Show here. Checking in with my crystal clear vision. Thanks to my friends at the Rollholt Vision Institute. That's right. We're talking about 2020 vision here, baby. That's perfect. And you could be seeing the same way. All you have to do is reach out to the good folks at the Rollholt Vision Institute. So if you've been thinking about LASIK, dude, the first step is to get some facts. And they're all available to you at RollholtVision.com. You can take the self-evaluation test. You can check out some of the financing options. Or maybe you just want a better picture of what LASIK actually is. Well, it's all right there for you. All you have to do is visit that website. Like I said, it is RollholtVision.com.